Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for a brand new month, a month that we were meant to do last year and we didn't because of certain things, but we're here to do it this year because finally we said, screw it, we're doing it because basically they're going to put this on HBO like a lot of things and the filmmakers said it. If only they would do that with a certain other franchise that we may or may not do another show on and we've been waiting for. But anyway, we're not dirty because we're here to do Godzilla vs. Kong month. Yay! We've always wanted to do a month about a giant lizard fighting a giant monkey. And that's what we're here for. And we're going to start off with a film that we've all been wanting to do, a film starring Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, <laughs> Hank Azaria. Oh, shit, we're not doing that again. Oh, we're doing the other one. Um, starring <laughs> that guy, Ken Watanabe, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, Julia Binoche. And I believe there might be a really famous guy in this who was billed as the main star who might get killed off after like five minutes. I can't remember. Uh, David God- Strathern. David Strathern. <laughs> Godzilla 2014, the movie that we'd all been waiting for, the movie that Honest Trailers labels as the greatest American-made movie of Godzilla <laughs> anywhere, anytime, because they hate the first one. And they're wrong, because I disagree. This is the second greatest Godzilla, <laughs> mate. Oh, we're that podcast. Um, but we're excited to be here, at least I am, because I actually like this movie, and I feel that somebody else in this episode won't like this movie because they're stupid. Um, my name is Ben and insert great quote from 2014's Godzilla. Uh, say my name. You're goddamn right it is. There, that famous line. Uh, and my name is Colin and come with me. I got a little boy who's desperate to see his grandpa. Ooh, Colin, you got me excited. Um, I thought that was going to be yours. There's no lines in this movie. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna try and be Brian Cranston speaking Japanese, but I feel like we come across as racist on this show as it is. So I didn't want to, you know, fuel the fire. Um, I, I like this movie. Like I, I, I remember seeing this in the cinema. You sound and, so apologetic. <laughs> well, like because I know you're, you don't like this movie, and I'm intrigued to find out why. Like. I, I will admit I do like 1998 Godzilla better. Unpopular opinion, but I have more fun in that movie. I have more of a history with that movie. I, I We talked about that when we did that a couple of years ago, that this is such a guilty pleasure, and it's just stupid fun. This is not stupid fun. Like, this is a, a dark movie, literally. You cannot see anything in this movie. Um, <laughs> I remember every time I've seen this movie, I feel like I need to turn the brightness up on my TV. Um, but, like, there's something about this that... I enjoy like it's it's epic it's epic in style like I I remember seeing this and my jaw dropped like I was like wow that like movie like wow that was cool like I like that um it's got its problems um it's got maybe one of the most boring leading mans in the history of the world that I mean <laughs> seven years later is Aaron Taylor Johnson's name been mentioned in conversation since I don't think so um and it's I think watching this now it's kind of they've set up a decent world, you know, it's not kind of like, I've never seen the Tom Cruise mummy, but I think that was a failed attempt at a cinematic universe, right? This one kind of is a soft open. Like they don't go too gung ho on the mythology that clearly they're starting one, but they do it enough that you want to know more. So yeah, screw you, Colin Hilding. I like this movie. This movie is, is 
It's, it's I fun. haven't even given my opinion yet. <laughs> I feel you always bag this movie out. I feel like when we talked about the 98 one, you were like, oh, stupid 2014. Well, I don't know. Like, am I wrong? You like this movie and you've just lied to me? Okay. Well, I, I said it all last week. I, I saw this like opening weekend when it came out. Uh, saw it with a friend of mine and thought, uh, well, that was kind of disappointing. Not bad, but not great. Uh, saw it a couple of years later on Netflix and thought, wow, that was actually worse than I remembered. But it's been several years, and it's one of these movies I always want to give another chance. I'm like, was I wrong in that movie? And I'm, I'm thinking going into watching this time, like, you know, maybe I was just too critical of it. Maybe I missed just maybe now having had King of Monsters and Skull Island, I'll appreciate this more. And I was pleasantly surprised that my opinion the first two times around was just right because this is a <laughs> god-awful movie. It is so bad. <laughs> It is awful. Like I don't, nobody is allowed to take shots at the mummy and like this, nobody is allowed to take shots at Jai Courtney anymore after Aaron Taylor Johnson was given what three or four shots at stardom. Uh, I don't want to be that guy on this episode. Who's like, Oh, well they got this wrong. Cause this isn't what a Godzilla movie is. There's in some ways, Gareth Edwards, made a Godzilla movie so accurately that he forgot that there's supposed to be some fun. I love that you said there's no fun in this movie at all. It is funless. This is, this is zero fun for anybody. <laughs> so many problems. Oh, I can't wait. I got like no notes. It's just going to be ranting about this is why this is awful. This is why this is terrible. I do appreciate the fact that literally right then when you're like, my computer decided <laughs> to make a ding sound. So clearly my computer agrees <laughs> with you. The listeners would have heard that. Um, Wow. Wow, like, I'm so interested. And I like the other movies. I like the Matthew Broderick one. I like King of Monsters. I don't I, like this. I like the mullet. Um, I'm so intrigued I do. <laughs> to find out, like, why you think this is so god-awful. Like, I, 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 I see mixed reviews for this movie. I see people are kind of always on the fence. I've never seen someone stand up and go, this movie is like dog shit. Like, I feel like you're talking about, if people right now tuned into this and skipped that bit, they're like, oh, they're clearly covering the 98 Godzilla. Um, which again, go back and listen to it because we're the only podcast in the world I feel that ever praised it. Um, Like, wow, I'm so blown away by this. Now, I'm I'm going to say this. Gareth Edwards shows a lot of promise as a director. Visually, this movie works at least 60, 70% of the time. When you can see it. But I don't think... When you can see it, yes. But I don't think I can think of any other movies, blockbusters in the last, I don't know, decade or two decades that have so little script to it. Like there is not a script. It's like they said, let's make a silent film, but let's not even worry about those little little, little dialogue cards that come up in the middle. Like this whole movie could exist with no human characters and it's still boring. Like there is nothing to this. The monsters aren't interesting. The humans are so boring. <laughs> Ken Watanabe is boring in this movie. He's brooding in this movie. It's he's like bored. he's, he's ch- Yeah, he's bored. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is, this is the most excited I think he's ever been. Uh, but no, there's so many problems. And you know what? I'm, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about our history a little bit, but huge Godzilla fan. And there's things about this that I appreciate. I see what they were going for there, but yeah, you probably shouldn't have taken it from that approach. We should mention the reason why we're doing this month, of course, is the lead up to Godzilla v Kong. Uh, and we're going to do each of them. And uh, I mean, you touched on your history of Godzilla. Uh, I don't really have a history of Godzilla. I watched the 98 one. I loved it stupid ben uh i as i think i said last week you know every now and then on the channel here in australia sbs um they would show randomly like oh let's have a random godzilla movie on so i've seen clips and bits and pieces of like the old ones where they're 
men in suits smashing buildings. Um, but I've never gone out of my way to, to watch it. Like, but like, I, I still, I remember when this came out, I was excited because I think a lot of the excitement came from the fact that I was such a fan of the 98 one. And I would always be like, Oh, people bag that out. And so everyone's like, Oh, this is going to be great. They're going to finally make a good Godzilla movie. And I remember the marketing around this and getting excited. This is always a movie I was going to go see. Yet, even though we'll talk about it next week, I didn't feel the same about, you know, Kong Skull Island. I barely even, you know, realized that was being released. So, um, yeah, I, I got excited. I saw this. I saw this probably opening day and I really wanted to go see it again because I think we mentioned it last week that these are movies that deserve to be seen on the big screen and mm-hmm. that's the epicness of it. Um, and even watching this last night, I was like, you know, this is still to me a great movie. I enjoy this movie, but it's not quite the same as when you see it on the big screen. So um, that's my... Because you could see it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn up the brightness slightly. Um, that's my history with Godzilla there. <laughs> I I had seen probably the original classic King Kong movie and the original classic Godzilla movie as a kid. Um, I remembered bits and pieces of those movies, but I wasn't a diehard fan of uh, either of those growing up. I was a massive diehard fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, probably the 98 Godzilla, which again, I, you know, I enjoyed for what it was. It wasn't like the best movie I'd ever seen, but I, Grew to love that. I, I still appreciate the movie. It's still, we, we covered it and it's fun for the wrong reasons and it's fun for the right reasons too. It is, it is a fun movie. Something that this movie knows nothing about. Uh, but I got just as excited as you did for this movie. Uh, Cause I think by the time this had come out, uh, when we had period with no cable TV, uh, there was a whole, I'd say three, four months there where Saturday nights on CBC, it's hockey night in Canada. And this was like the end of the season leading into the playoffs. There's two back-to-back hockey games on, I guess, the national network here in Canada, CBC. Those are over usually around 1130 midnight. And then every single Saturday, they were airing the Godzilla movies in order. And I think it was three or four movies in by the time I actually caught it. But it was just, I was working nights to that point. And, you know, you're going to watch hockey anyways. And ended. I'm like, okay, let me go to sleep with Godzilla. So I started watching all those classic movies. And as bad as they are, they were so much fun. And I love them. Uh, So... When this one came out, it didn't need to be marketed. I was going to see it instantly anyways. But uh, the marketing for this was really strong. I do remember that. Uh, I think you'll probably remember, too, the Halo jump sequence. That that entire sequence was probably the teaser trailer. It was. And then a couple of shots. Yeah, there was a Halo jump, that, that creepy music, the flashes, and then they had, like, one flash of Godzilla in the scream. Uh, was marketed very well. And it, I mean, it had a massive opening too, but uh, I was there opening, uh, it wasn't opening day, it was opening weekend. And I remember I have a friend who was a big Godzilla fan too. And uh, he went with me to go see this. Jamie had no interest. Hmm. And um, we both finished the movie and we're like, yeah, that was very average. Like, again, we didn't hate it. There was, it was just okay. There's a serious lack of Godzilla in this movie, which I'll go through why that is. A, a good idea in theory and a bad idea in execution. But I would have been okay with that if we got anything of substance. But having to sit down and watch this movie now two more times since then, I just pick up with so many more problems. I, I, everyone complains this movie has too little Godzilla. And like, I just, I don't buy into this. Like, you don't, 
what do what do you like? Don't overkill. Like the first one got compl- the first one, the ninety-eight one got complaints. It takes him so long to show up and blah 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 blah. But to me, I look at it as the Jaws effect. You know, keep them guessing and then eventually you show it. And well, there's there's one. Look, like, it's it's an hour into the movie and we finally see Jaws. It is an hour and forty minutes in this movie by the time we really see Godzilla. Well, when we get to the well, that's not true. It's like forty-eight minutes. Whatever. The most epic scene in <laughs> one of the most epic scenes in this movie is the airport reveal. Come on, like when we get to that scene, you can't tell me that's not an epic scene. And but again, they're filming it very. Let's keep him in the shadows and stuff. It's they, no. Again, there are some Batman. good sequences in this movie. There, <laughs> there are some good sequences in this movie, but they went, I think, too far. Let me just get out of the way now. My, my complaint with not being enough Godzilla. Okay, so the defense of this, because I remember when we walked out of this, we were both sort of saying the same thing. It's like, yeah, they should have just called this movie Mudo because it is not a Godzilla movie. Uh, but we both sort of, myself and my friend said the same thing. You know, the Godzilla, the classic Japanese Godzilla movies, this is the way they would be. It would mo- more be focused on the new villain, and then you'd sort of have Godzilla come in to save the day. But even those movies would reveal Godzilla earlier. Now, the reason, though, that those movies could get away with it is because they were 13, 14, 15 times over sequels. So the audience is used to Godzilla. You want to introduce something new. This movie was coming from the direction of let's make the 15th Godzilla movie where you you just have him come in to save the day. And in the end, you end up getting disappointed because every time you think, oh, we're going to get Godzilla is not there. And when Godzilla does get revealed in this movie, Gareth Edwards, there's no fanfare to it. It's just like, oh, there's Godzilla. And it's not helped by the acting. Let's, let's say that. But I understand the reasoning behind let's make this a classic traditional Godzilla movie and have him sort of just be the, the, the savior that comes in to beat the bigger monster. But they waited way too long to introduce him. And then when they do, you don't get any, even the final fight because it's so dark, you don't even see him then. Winge, 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 winge. It's a good movie. Shut up. Um... <laughs> I look. I see the points, but like at the end of the day, I—I I, I mean, I, I'm watching a movie about a giant fucking lizard fighting like giant radioactive moths and giant radioactive things with giant legs. Like, I mean, like I yeah. would love to see that movie because I never saw a movie with a giant lizard fighting anything. <laughs> I, we're going to talk about this when we do Godzilla King of Monsters. Like, I mean. Do we really need a plot for a movie like this? Like it's no you, and plot. You, no issues with no plot. <laughs> you don't go to see Godzilla to get like thoroughly fleshed out characters. Uh, I mean, well, you could have some life to them at least. A pulse would be nice. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I, I will admit though, I, I think Godzilla '98 has more of a plot. And can I just say, actually, in, in writing notes for this movie. You want to talk about the plot of this movie? This is the plot of Godzilla 1998, right? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is essentially Godzilla 1998. And, like, no, I don't think anyone ever talks about this. It literally opens the same, the same montage. We basically mm-hmm. have the whole Godzilla, Godzilla speech. We have laying eggs, destroying the nest that no one wants to listen to. Uh, and that's basically this movie. Um, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's all, and, you know, worrying about destroying cities rather than actually, you know, killing the creature. Um, so, you know, there you go. I, I remember the marketing around this. I remember, um, The Brink, you know, our great spin-off podcast, but that was a radio show back in the day. I remember having a big conversation on one of our episodes when they released the poster for this and the actual image of Godzilla, mm-hmm. that the Japanese audience were complaining that Godzilla was fat. Cause I remember we had a big, <laughs> yeah. an episode about Godzilla losing weight. I think we even did a song about it. So like there was big complaints from Japan that the Americans had destroyed Godzilla again and made Godzilla fat. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they made Godzilla look more like 
what Godzilla meant to yeah. look like rather than the box-headed, weird-looking Godzilla from 1998 that Roland Emmerich mm-hmm. did. So there was positives there. Um, you talk about Gareth Edwards. So he was known for Monsters before this, mm-hmm. a movie that I'd still never seen. But since this, has done Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which... Now, did he? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I, I for one... Um, you know, I'm not huge on that movie, uh, as in it's not terrible, but uh, I we did the episode, of course, where I said, you know, it's a, it's a decent movie with a fantastic ending. A lot of people give it a lot more love than I think it deserves. But, uh, you know, that's Rogue One. Uh, do you prefer Rogue One over this, I'm guessing, Colin? Because you, oh, yes, like, you like Rogue One, don't you? You weren't me. Yeah. But but again, like there's so many people who seem to think that Gareth Edwards is some genius because, you know, oh, well, he made a Godzilla movie that people liked more than the Matthew Broderick one. And he made Rogue One. But like we, we talked about this in the Rogue One episode. He didn't really make Rogue One. He made a movie that was such a mess that they took Rogue One away from him, gave it to Tony Gilroy, said rewrite you know this script, reshoot a third of the movie half of what Gareth Edwards did was in the garbage anyways. And the finished product was not even, he, he retained a screen credit, but it wasn't a Gareth Edwards movie. Mm. So I, I would, I would love to, there is so much promise in the director. The only one I can think about uh, like this is uh Gore Verbinski. If you know, he's the guy who did the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And even before I think I'd seen Pirates of the Caribbean, I saw the ring and the ring. It'll be interesting to ever cover that movie because an awful horror movie. I don't know why everybody loved the ring so much, but he had a visual style where I'm like, you know, I'm interested to see what else this director could do. And a lot of the Gore Verbinski movies I've seen, including the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, again, I'm like, I really love what he does visually. It's just he can't work the story part out. And it's the same thing with Gareth Edwards. I mean, give the man a decent script. Don't let him screw it up. And I'm still there. I haven't written him off as a director, but I don't think that he's really proved himself anything beyond visuals. I also think the the promotion, the, the one issue I have, and I'm kind of jumping on this bandwagon of the issue I have, is the Brian Cranston uh, of this movie where essentially yeah. it's, it's heavily promoted as this is Brian Cranston in a Godzilla movie. You know, it's like, wow, this is going to be epic. And spoiler alert, he's dead in like 40 minutes. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I see what they're doing there. Like, you know, oh, it's uh, oh, let's, let's put this over the audience's eyes. And, and let's be honest, and I, I, I will shoot you in the dick if you disagree with me here, but Brian Cranston's <laughs> the best thing about this movie. Um, oh, he's the only good thing about this movie. He's given it his all. He's Brian Cranston. This is peak Brian Cranston. This is like at the peak of Breaking Bad. You know, this is this is everything that, you know, and still Bra- uh, Brian Cranston's a massive star to this day. Um, but, like, I was so excited to watch this movie and see Brian Cranston and do this and do that, like be the Matthew Broderick of this movie, you know. It's, it's so exciting. And then, nah, he's dead. Uh, yeah. like basically there he is he's, he's gone um, which is sad. please tell me that this is our recap and we're now a third of the way through the recap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is how I mean at the time of recording this uh, spoiler alert not really spoiler alert, I think we've mentioned before we're going to be doing Breaking Bad very soon so uh, you know we're going to talk a lot about Brian Cranston very soon but I mean this is the first I think Brian Cranston thing we've ever done on this show are you I know you've not seen Breaking Bad but I mean are you a Brian yeah. Cranston fan were you a Malcolm in the Middle oh, yeah. fan like you know your yeah I was a Brian big Malcolm in the Middle fan and and anything I've seen him in even with small roles I mean he's an amazing actor uh, so just like that I mean I, I kind of went into this movie equally as excited for Ken Watanabe too because I'm a huge Ken Watanabe fan uh, The Last Samurai which I think was his American breakthrough I and mean, he got an Oscar nomination for that uh, and then um, I think he got another Oscar nomination for um, Letters from Iwo Jima Clint Eastwood's uh, Iwo Jima movie 
so Ken Watanabe and Brian Cranston, I mean, you're lending two really great actors to this movie. And and even Elizabeth Olsen, like she had done um, a movie called Martha, 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 why did she say that name? <laughs> Martha, Martha, Martha. Mar- Martha, Marcy, May Marlene, one of the worst titles ever, which was uh, kind of a loose adaptation of the Manson family. She was playing a girl involved in a cult. Uh, and that was like the first thing I ever saw her in. And I think she got nominated for an Oscar for that. And again, very deserving. Uh, so there were a lot of actors in this movie I was very excited about, um, but it was marketed as the Brian Cranston movie. You're right. Uh, with some Ken Watanabe in there as well, you know, showing a little bit more respect to, I guess, the Japanese heritage this time around. That was the other thing they, 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 I guess, tried a lot more to please the Japanese fans because it wasn't just the Japanese uh, audiences that rejected the, the 1998 Godzilla. The Japanese studio that loaned the Godzilla character out decided to mock <laughs> the 98 Godzilla movie uh, in one of the future Godzillas, which I think we mentioned. Didn't they kill it off? I think we talked about that last time. They killed they? off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In about 30 seconds in, uh, I think it was On Godzilla Final Opera Wars. House. I've seen that, that footage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they were really with this movie, there was even I think one of the posters had Japanese writing on it as well. And then you could tell even from the trailers that part of this movie is going to be based in Japan. So from a place of trying to respect the heritage of the character and the audience, I mean, from day one, they were making it very obvious. We are trying to make a traditional Godzilla movie. I I, I like Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's obviously gone on to bigger and better things now. Like, I mean, kind of uh, ultimately with, with WandaVision and the MCU, like she's she's very prominent. Um, but I, the thing I find weird is that uh, obviously her and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I, every time I say his name, I literally have to read it off the screen. I can never remember his name. Um, <laughs> we're what, brother and sister in a year's time in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. And here they are like, screwing each other so oh, um, it was it was that incredible chemistry they had that just <laughs> compelled them to put them in a movie together uh i mean who is that who is this guy like seriously he's <laughs> awful like seriously I, you know it, it always bothered me when taylor kitsch got criticized you know what was it about 10 years ago because he had i think three back-to-back starring roles that all failed at the box office. Nobody was critical about his performances in those movies, but it's just like, oh, they failed. So he's a washed up, has been leading man. And then Jai Courtney, I mean, I'm, I'm on the Jai Courtney sucks bandwagon, right? But Jai Courtney has some potential. Why were they trying to make Aaron Taylor Johnson a thing? I don't think I've ever seen, ever. I'm struggling to think of any leading man that a blockbuster movie has tried to force down your throat who has less charisma and less interesting things about him. You know, I just realized he was in Tenet, was he? <laughs> was he <laughs> he played Ives in Tenet did we even well, mention that last year <laughs> we talked about how boring that movie was uh, perfectly suited casting for him <laughs> I've never seen Kick-Ass um, I've never I've, seen it uh, I, I would like to see the second one because I know Jim Carrey's in it but I haven't seen that um, he was I've never seen the mo- I remember the book this is fun true story Colin I read a book <laughs> As a kid, I remember it's called Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, and they made a movie out of it. I've never seen it, but uh, he's apparently English. Uh, there you go. Uh, he's in The Illusionist. Did you know that? Um, no, I didn't know he's, that. He's in Shanghai Nights. Um, so there you go. The, the one thing I will say, and you're going to laugh at this, uh, because, again, this guy is boring. This guy is like... Oh. Uh, you don't remember this guy at all. He literally looks like a thumb. He looks like a thumb. <laughs> like him and Ryan Gosling are probably brothers. Um <laughs> I am disappointed, weirdly, that in the rest of this franchise, we never see him and Elizabeth Olsen return. Like, I want to see them. I just kind of, I like continuity and connection, so I'd like to see them return, right? But, um, yeah. Who, I mean, who is this guy? His name is Ford. Like, who calls their kid (laughs) Ford? 
Like your other car guy. Your other son's called Subaru. Like, I mean, like Chevy. Like, I mean, I just don't get, and like, he's just, he's bland. You don't remember him at all. Like he's meant to be the leading guy in this movie. And like, Fucking kill him off and make Brian Cranston the EOD guy and like you know, fifty year old Brian Cranston rocking around on things. And they and they fix that mistake in King of Monsters when we get there. They they took the actor, the the sort of cult favorite TV actor that everybody was excited about, and said let's actually build the movie around them, and uh, let's not kill somebody off just for the sake of surprising the audience in a movie that has no surprises. Can I also just add, is Sally Hawkins and Juliet Binoche the same person? I feel they're the same no. person. But like, I <laughs> always not. get confused when later on you've got like Sally Hawkins. I'm like, wait, didn't she die in the opening act of this movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, Ken Watanabe's great, but I mean, he doesn't show up this movie. Can we just point out, did you get the judging Amy connection to this back on the Amy Brenneman chain? The ma- no. Come on, Richard T. Jones. The you, you know who Richard T. Jones is? The 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 black. Was he on dude? Desperate Housewives? <laughs> no, but he was like the main. He was Bruce Van Exel on Judging Amy. He was basically like Judging Amy's love interest for. Like, he was like the court clerk, <laughs> and then there was like this underlying love story between him and, and Amy. Uh, oh, so, of course. But Richard T. Jones, what a man. I love me some Richard yeah. T. Jones. Like David Strathern, sure, give me Richard T. Jones. He looks better in a military uniform. <laughs> uh, can we mention David Strathern? What's what's he been up yeah. to recently? Um, well, I mean, it's he's one of these actors that's, that he's, hey, he's that guy. You know? yeah. <laughs> what is it I've seen him in? He's been in so many things, but I mean, we, we shouldn't uh, gloss over the fact that, again, Oscar-nominated actor for uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Um, it, well, it would have been like 15 Meryl, years ago. Meryl Streep's husband in the River Wild. Yeah, yeah. No, Ed, uh, he was the voice of President Roosevelt in Darkest Hour. Uh, but I mean, go. especially uh, Good Night and Good Luck. I mean, I think that was kind of the the peak of his popularity because he was this close to winning the Academy Award for Best Actor that year. He was one of the front runners. Uh, he was on a TV show that I really liked that I think only lasted, may, may have only been one season, maybe two seasons. It was called Alphas. It was sort of like a government agency using people with superpowers, but it wasn't like superpowers, like a superhero show. Imagine if superpowers are just like, oh, this person can, one of the, the powers was a person who could see electronic signals. So instead of having to hack a computer, if you were to send a text message, they could visualize that text message floating through the air and the Wi-Fi. Stacked, stacked year that he he lost as well. Um, that was the year that Philip mm. Seymour Hoffman won, but uh, Terrence Howard, uh, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix all nominated that year. So um, stacked, stacked year for that. And bring back Terrence Howard. I recently watched uh, the oh, the Brave God. one. I like Terrence Howard. Good for him for being <laughs> Terrence Howard. Uh, let's get into this movie. I mean, this movie again literally is Godzilla nineteen ninety eight. The way it starts off. It's all of this text and nuclear bombs and all this sort of stuff. But I guess the difference is is that these nuclear bombs are trying to kill Godzilla, whereas in the last one they basically created Godzilla. So th- mm-hmm. this this franchise, we never sort of get this explained of, of how they existed. I think they just throw it off as a line of prehistoric creatures that survived, essentially. Yeah. Um, I do like this opening, though, with the way they've got, like, the redacted text, right, and you kind of, you know, a few little oh, yeah. Easter eggs here. I, I, I don't know if you picked up the Brian Cranston Easter eggs here, but if you if you pause it and you don't see the white text, basically it reads as, Walter Malcolm has claimed that government men dressed in white lab coats routinely appear at sight, and Brian Cranston, shortly after the event, all residents are sworn to silence. So you have <laughs> Walter White... 
and Malcolm written in that opening little thing there. So, um, oh, that's nice. I tried to pause those, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get this movie over with. But I wanted to pause a lot of them. That's the only one that I went out of my way to do. Um, but uh, yes, uh, we see nuclear. Again, it's literally the opening of Godzilla 1998. Because even when you see the nuclear yeah. bomb go off, you've almost got that like music going there. The music is even similar. Yeah, you've got basically a Jurassic Park opening here with the InGen helicopter flying over the, the forest here. We're in 1999. So, this I mean, again, I'm thinking this is a direct sequel to Godzilla 1998 <laughs> because you've got, like, the year removed and you've got giant forests being destroyed and everything along those lines. Uh, I just want the Dr. Nico Tapapopoulos. It's the Topolis. <laughs> <laughs> what does Mrs. Tipa Tapapopoulos think? <laughs> um, uh, Ken Watanabe's holding a wristwatch. He goes underground. There's like a giant egg thing that's glowing. Um, and they're all like, ooh, what does this mean? Because uh, it's a- escaped, essentially. Um, then we cut to Japan. Um, a standard American family living in Japan in 1999. Uh, he's Brian Cranston. There he is. People bag out his wig. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. What is with people in this it's- universe for movies caring about hair? Like Henry Cavill's moustache, Brian <laughs> Hanson's wig. Like, there's more things to be concerned about, people. Like, come on. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. But I will say, as soon as I saw the shot come up, I'm like, something is really off about his hair. <laughs> I think they just got looked at Julia Binoche's hair and gone, oh, that will look yeah. the same. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I mean... One thing I will say, like, you talk about underdevelopment characters. Like, why is his family in Japan? Is it, And what is he, like a <laughs> nuclear physicist? Like, is it ever explained what he does? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, we know he's a deadbeat dad because his son yeah. like, <laughs> made this thing. Um, but so he's ignored his... But having just spent the last night watching Breaking Bad and this on the one night, everything was all Brian Cranston's birthday. Uh, when I was watching, which is actually funny. I highly recommend if anyone's ever seen Brian Cranston's super sweet 50th Jimmy Kimmel skit. Um, it's hilarious. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, they kind of do it in the style of like my super sweet 16, but it's Brian Cranston turning 50. So, uh, it's very, very funny. Look that up. Um, I just want this whole movie of Brian Cranston's family. This is all I want with Godzilla (laughs) attacking the family. Come on. There's a movie in it. Um, there's been some tremors or something going on at the nuclear facility. Uh, Brian Cranston shows up and we find out that these aren't earthquakes because earthquakes are random. These are, you know, something else because the tremors are... It reminds me of Independence Day. Like, what is it? A meteor? No, sir. It can't be a meteor. It's slowing down. What did you say? It's slowing down, sir. Dun, dun. Um, <laughs> Brian Cranston's all concerned. Juliet Binoche goes downstairs uh, where Brian Cranston sent her. So basically Brian Cranston's to blame for the death of his wife. Uh, but for plot's sake, everything goes off right now. The radiation's about to leak. They've got to close the door. Juliet Binoche dies. Sad. Brian Cranston has to lock her in there and the, everything collapses. You see the nuclear facility, the towers collapse and uh, sad moment. 15 years later, let's meet our walking thumb. Um <laughs> I literally, I've forgotten his name already. I'm just going to call him Thumb. Um, we, we see Thumb has come back from service. He's in the military. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is waiting for him. The kid who I swear is the same kid who played Thumb Jr. Um, yeah. 
Now, like, okay, he's been away for however long. What do they say, like, 18 months? And, oh, he's a family man. Like, you know, he's in the military. He's got to spend time with his son. And his son even says, like, will you be here in the morning, Dad? And he's like, of course I will be. Like, you dickhead. He may as well say, of course I will be, you dickhead. He's got this look on his face. Like, why wouldn't I be here in the morning? But, like... I'm sorry. If I have not seen my wife, Elizabeth Olsen, for 18 months, I am not sitting on the chair having a glass of wine, eating something. I'm like, little Jimmy, go yeah. to bed. Dad's got some <laughs> exactly. business to attend to. Elizabeth like, Olsen, put on those scrubs. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, bring your sisters in too. Let's have an Olsen orgy. <laughs> like, let's get to it. Um, how do you think Mary-Kate and Ashley feel that their their younger sister has gone on to be more famous than they have? Oh, more famous, more respected, richer. Yeah. Name, uh... name one thing Mary-Kate and Ashley have done in the last, like, 20 years, like, besides those <laughs> tween movies that they did for a while. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, like, Mallory talks about her top five, Matt Bomer, all that. Jamie talks about her top 50. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen might crack my top five. <laughs> she's, you yeah, know. she's someone else. She's, she's okay. Uh, she, she, I'm, whoa. She's <laughs> the, uh, she's the, she's the Abigail Breslin of the Olsen family. <laughs> hey. Abigail Breslin might make my top five too. Like, I'm talking Abigail Breslin now, not like Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> we feel I need to clarify you know, that. Nobody else would have to clarify that statement. Only Ben. <laughs> I don't know why I need feel the need to clarify that, but um, Elizabeth, like, if you ever watch the uh, Everything Wrong with videos, the the guy who like has the ongoing joke of Elizabeth Olsen is not my wife in this scene. Um, <laughs> and he, he actually says it in this one. He's like, Elizabeth Olsen, is it my military wife in this scene? And like gives us a scene just for that. So, uh, I mean, lucky thumb, lucky thumb for landing Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen. Like he must have a massive dong because he's got nothing else going for him. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. And Elizabeth Olsen, type of woman that doesn't matter about the dong size. Like I think I'm in the shot. Uh, just, just saying. <laughs> Well, but then again, now she's married to Paul Bettany on TV, so oh, we know dong size matters. Paul Bettany has a massive dong. Like, yes, oof, we're talking, we're talking John Travolta size dong. Uh, <laughs> what a man, Paul Bettany. Um, goodness me, um, goodness me. Apparently, I am in one division. <laughs> I thought you're turning to C3PO. That's become a new thing here. <laughs> goodness <Wonderful>. gracious me. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen is wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so basically he's not going to pork Elizabeth Olsen and instead he gets a phone call <laughs> that his dad's in Tokyo jail. So he has enough time to fly, wait in a waiting room, see goth Tokyo. Is it just me? Like I know Noah lives in Korea. I'm not being racist. I understand Korea <laughs> and Japan are different countries. But like why do I believe this is Noah getting escorted out of this jail? Like, why do I feel like this is Noah's parents getting a call in Korea that your son's in jail and <laughs> Noah's turned total goth? Um, well, I mean, didn't Brian Cranston even say here that now he makes his living teaching English as the second language in an yeah, Asian country? That's exactly Noah's This life. is Noah! Exactly. Um, Thumb bails out Walter White from jail. Um, Cuckoo Gaga, uh, Brian Cranston's got his house covered in. Why, why is it always the cuckoo guy is always the right guy, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Woody Harrelson in 2012. Um, that's all I can think of right now. But hey, there's Dustin all these. Dustin Hoffman. Old... Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I forgot we did that movie. Jesus. <laughs> um, Dr. Nico Tapatopoulos in Godzilla <laughs> 1998. Um, 
so basically, he's gone crazy. He's trying to find out. And we've got to live this emotional backstory that this killed your mother. So I'm, you know, worried about that. We find out the same tremors that were happening in 1999 are happening again. Um, Brian Cranston's been arrested because he's gone in the exclusion zone. So let's go back the next day, son. Um, which they go back to their house. Cool. They discover floppy disks. Remember them. Um, and then eventually they get uh, kidnapped. Well, not kidnapped. They get taken into custody. Now, plot hole here. Why does Brian Cranston a day before get arrested and taken to Tokyo jail? And yet the next day he gets arrested and taken to where Muto is. Like, yeah. and, and what is he not the previous day going, my wife died in here. I've got all these, you know, say my name. I'm the one who knocks. Like <laughs> just Brian Cranston it up. Yet the next day they just happen to take, like, it makes no sense. Is it only, oh, you've got a thumb with you, better take you into this side. Well, come on. And this is the second time in a row they should have what, his picture up there saying, do not admit this man. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of their own fault if you can just get in a little dinghy and go around the fence on the water. Like, mm. great exclusion zone. Shouldn't you have, like, fucking mines and shit going <laughs> on there? Um, so they get taken into custody. Uh, typical crazy man who knows everything is yelling at him, you know, oh, this is going to happen again. And basically it does. Uh, <laughs> so all of this goes down and what is it? MUTO, which stands for... Um, Massive uh, Unidentified Terrestrial something, right? Organism? Yes. Something like that. So in, in the OG Godzillas, are these, do these exist or have they made this no. up? So this is an original creation for the movies. And but the flying one isn't Mothra because they're not allowed to use Mothra, right? right? Yeah, it, it kind of. I remember when the, this movie ended, my friend and I were like, it almost looks like this one cult named Batra that was in one movie. But like, they're obviously going for one creature that they wanted to look like Mothra in the event that they didn't ever use Mothra. Right. Okay. And uh, is it so they're not allowed to use Mothra? Did they not get the rights? Did I read that? Or they well, they just... are now. Oh. But I, I, they were probably trying to, maybe they had plans potentially say, oh, this will become Mothra. And they're like, no, let's make something a little bit closer to the real Mothra. One also big plot hole, which actually I, I feel like I always take credits for picking up plot holes, but a lot of the time I do get these from everything wrong with. And seriously, if you if you want to have a fun time, if you want to have a fun time, don't listen to this show. <laughs> don't watch listening. Godzilla. <laughs> don't, don't, don't just stop listening right now and go watch everything wrong with the, the channel. It's great on YouTube. Um, he points out that Ken Watanabe at basically at this point is all like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, there's tremors, and oh, Brian Cranston knows everything. And ten minutes later, he's going to be the one who's going to be like, they're feeding off nuclear energy. They're <laughs> going to fuck in San Francisco. I know everything. I'm Ken Watanabe. Um, because basically, Brian Cranston's in this holding room, going, "It's happening again. You've got to listen." Grr. Um, and again, it does happen. So this giant Muto hatches because. It had to wait 15 years for that reason. Is that ever explained? Why it waited? It hadn't reached puberty yet. They, they, I think reached... they say that, that the, the females will lay dormant waiting for the males to mature. So in other words, female Mudo is a cougar waiting right. for male Mudo to hit puberty. And can I also just ask, okay, Godzilla, pretty big thing, creature. <laughs> What's it been doing? For, has it just been swimming for 15 years? Like, is it trying out for the Olympics? Like, uh, in, in um in King of Monsters, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but there might have been a sequence showing that there are like these it's like deep of the ocean underwater yeah. caves that it sort of hibernates in. Which is because that's when spoiler alert, Ken Watanabe dies, right? Doesn't he set off a nuke yeah. to basically destroy Oh, spoiler. Oh um That was a nuke him in the face. Nuke him in the face. Yeah, I haven't seen Monster King Monsters since I was at the cinema, but um 
Yeah, like, uh, again, I'm here I am pointing out the plot holes of this, but sure, it's, it's a Godzilla movie, Ben. It doesn't need a storyline. That was my <laughs> famous line from the beginning of this. But, um, yeah, Queen Watanabe's bemused by floppy disks and all this information that Brian Cranston's dropping. But basically this is going to lead to an escape sequence of, of Muto, Pluto, whatever it's called. Um, kills it. Can we? I'd love to see the death count for this movie. Now, we, we know... <laughs> We, we always talk, like, DC movies, MCU movies got a lot of criticism because you had all these battles in cities where needless people are dying. Like, no one complains about Godzilla 1998 or Godzilla 2014. Like, there's at least 100,000 workers here. Maybe not 100,000, but, like, 1,000 workers here who are getting needlessly killed. you got poor Japanese guy in that crane going, ah, ah, ah. His, wife, his life is worthless. Who cares? But Muto escapes. Brian Cranston gets crushed by a crane. Thumbface survives, and for some reason, Thumbface puts on a mask. Is that to cover his thumbfaceness? I don't know. <laughs> Muto escapes. Brian Cranston's dead. We're on a boat. Um, that's the opening part of this movie. I'm just going to go to Hawaii here because I know you don't really give a shit how much I cover all at once here. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is upset because we've got. I, I love the news in in this world. It's like terror in. Anchorage, not Anchorage, Honolulu, terror and everything is like America under attack. Um, basically, and nobody Earth- responds. People are just like, what? <laughs> Earthquake in Japan, 6.3. Um, so basically, Thumbface is on a boat. I love how they bring him in. So this is the part where I was also questioning. So Brian Cranston dead, sad. So then Ken Watanabe and Sally Phillips or whatever her name is, they're all basically like, oh, we need to bring him in. We're going to tell him the truth. And they're just like, we're so sorry for your loss. Sit down. We've got information to tell you. Now, oh. it's like, this is classified fucking information. This is like, you know, David Stratham's even like, oh, the world thinks it's an earthquake. Let's make him yeah. believe that way. Within two minutes, just because this happens to be the son of a guy who might be right, you're like... There's a giant dinosaur that we've been trying to kill for like the last 70 years. We're afraid that this new monster is is out there. So we're going to try and get this dinosaur to kill the dinosaur. Okay. Classified information, but you're going to give up basically because you're like, maybe you know more because your dad knows stuff. What if Thumbface is literally like, I haven't seen my dad in 15 years. This was the first time I'd seen him. Like he said something about discs. Have you looked at the discs? Yeah. Ken Watanabe goes, no, I haven't looked at the discs. My computers don't have a floppy disk drive, but you're right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all the secrets. Like, it does make no sense that he's mm-hmm. literally giving him all these secrets. But, hey, movie's got a movie. We need to know why <laughs> Godzilla exists, right? So, clearly, that's why it's there. To which Thumbface is basically like, oh, well, hope you got some information. I need to go back home to San Francisco. Oh, we're only 40 miles from Honolulu. We're going to put you on a helicopter because nothing bad's going to happen there in the next 10 minutes. Okay. Uh- <laughs> How about, can you sign this non-disclosure agreement beforehand? <laughs> Also, can I just backtrack, actually? The one question I had for you. So, Ken Watanabe at the beginning, when they're in the Philippines and they discover the the nests, right? And you've got this giant skeleton of, I guess, another Godzilla. Does he... Is there a line that says, like, oh, here's Godzilla? No, this one's smaller? Like, and, and, and is this mm, meant I to be, remember. like... I don't remember. But is this meant to imply that there's another, like, and these bloody nests of... Like, I don't understand that scene. I mean... When we get to Kong Skull Island, they they get into the 
the amount of other Titans there are out there. Mm. So, I mean, I don't even remember the scene, but it could just be setting up, hey, there's way more types of creatures out there. There's dozens, if not, you know, hundreds. I do remember in King of Monsters, the credits, don't they have like a map and they show like all these attacks and like this is this is a common thing or like... Yeah. Well, they even talk about and, it in the movie, don't they? They trace back like... Skull Island, uh, I think post credit scene has like a lot of, you know, historical cave paintings and things like that. So yeah, they were starting, I think, if, if anything, they were starting to build the world that they don't really explain in this movie also want to point out the best thing about well i mean there's lots of fun things about godzilla king of monsters but can we just talk about how great the credit song is that go go got to go 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 godzilla <laughs> like that new version of that song like that rock kind of down and down i always think it's at the end go, of this go movie. got to go 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 godzilla <laughs> so good i will okay let me just say one thing like this movie not fun this movie is very dark it's very serious and by, <laughs> By King of Monsters, it's a bit of fun, right? Because you've yeah. literally got the credits of gotta go, 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 Godzilla. Like they, <laughs> they start to understand. It's kind of like the DCEU. Like you and I have defended the DCEU and they start off so dark and then you get fun, right? I get the cr- the criticism, but you and I talk about in the DCEU that we kind of appreciate this almost realism to the opening movies. And I kind of like the realism of this movie where it's it's almost... <sighs> When we did um, Greenland, we talked about how it was kind of gritty and grounded because you're getting it from the perspective. And, like, a lot of people complain about this movie. There's not enough Godzilla. You get too much about these boring characters. And I get it to a point. I still enjoy it. But I kind of like it from this perspective of, like, you know, this is what the reaction's going to be. And they just don't do it that well. Like, <laughs> they, they do it better in Greenland. But, sure. Yeah. Greenland did it better. Yeah, which no one ever. The G movies, right? Um Let's go to Honolulu. The most pointless storyline of this entire movie is Thumbface has to save random child. Who gives a fuck about this random kid? I want this random kid to die. <laughs> I am saying it now. It's, I'm just, it's just, all, just stop it. <laughs> all because Thumbface carries around a GI Joe as if this kid. What? An army man toy? They make those? I gotta get it, mom. I'm gonna go get that army man toy. And I'm sorry, but like I was taught Stranger Danger, and that if a if a man <laughs> in particular has a toy and like oh little kitty, don't go hey. to that man. <laughs> I've been now arrested. Now you are for that, that man. <laughs> <laughs> By mistake, I'm sitting on a bus. I pull out. Oh, I've got my GI Joe. Fifty cops swarm on me. Like, and I'm like, what? I just bought a toy. I know what this means for you, Waterworth. Um. <laughs> So he's on it. And also, here's the Ben Waterworth knows things because he's been to these cities. Honolulu does not have a fucking train system that takes you to the airport. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is a lie. I had to catch an Uber from Honolulu Airport. And that was fun. Um, also, there's a Russian sub that's gone missing that's in the ocean. Is this even That explained? never gets brought up again. <laughs> but it's like they're literally like, oh, girl, there's a, there's a sub that's been missing. It's in the fucking forest hills of Honolulu. Okay. <laughs> Do the citizens of Hawaii just not notice a giant submarine getting thrown in their nearby landscape? Like, <laughs> takes a bunch of military men to uncover it with jizz? Like, this thing is dripping with jizz, basically, when it comes there. Don't Google jizz, Colin. Um, <laughs> or maybe Google jizz. I don't know. Um, this sub is sitting in the forest. I, it is a cool scene, though, when you see bloody Mutu eating a bloody nuclear bomb. That's kind of like, well, okay. Um, and then... Godzilla decides to show up and they converge on Honolulu. Another plot point. At this point, Godzilla arrives at Honolulu. There's a tsunami. When he basically arrives in San Francisco later on, no tsunami. No. Okay. 
Sure. Because <laughs> ma- movie makes sense. This movie. You're did- sounding more and more like me for somebody who's I like this movie. <laughs> I like this movie, but again, like, what were we, what was the movie we were doing recently? And I'm just like ripping into it so much. Like, when we did Day After Tomorrow, like, we ripped into it so much. But like, we love this movie, but like, there's so many problems with it. Um, kind of a cool sequence though of a tsunami hits Honolulu. Like, you know, it's a good city destruction scene. I like a city destruction scene. And also, props to this movie for not just destroying New York, right? Like, this, this yeah. let's destroy San Francisco. And then next one, they're going to destroy Boston. I mean, they destroy Vegas. Like, you know, New York's safe in this franchise, apparently. Um, Godzilla and Mutu are converging on the airport. Uh, little boy doesn't die. The train nearly does. Helicopters crash into buildings. People are scared. There's a dog because you've got to have a good old uh, disaster movie <laughs> trope of a dog running down the street. And I, I'm calling this now the most epic scene. I remember watching this movie in the cinema. My draw dropped. My draw dropped. My jaw dropped. <laughs> jaw dropped. <laughs> That's what Your I'm draw dropped. And well, my drawers dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Another time, police swarm all over. It's just a GI Joe. It's just a GI Joe. Sure. There are no kids in the cinema. It's a Godzilla movie. <laughs> um, and this is the epicness of seeing this on the big screen. Is that the, this reveal of Godzilla when you kind of get the, the pan up on his feet? There he is, just sort of stares. He does the Godzilla roar. Like, holy fuck, that is an epic scene. Tell me you love that scene, Colin Hilding. Come on. I love it if they had cut to any other shot than people just looking like this. (laughs) (laughs) There's no reaction. Anybody in this movie, it's not just Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's like Gareth Edwards had no ability to say, just look like you just saw a giant dinosaur breathing fire. And people were like, ah, like that's what I want. But if you have this massive buildup where you're shooting feet and you're zooming up and you see, and then people are like, stop. (laughs) That's not the way you make a movie like this. I just want, like, millions of people in Honolulu. <laughs> Sup, Godzilla? Sup. <laughs> Sup. How you doing? <laughs> Watched the game last night. <laughs> How are the kids? <laughs> <laughs> see, see this giant thing? <laughs> Can you help us out with it? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Stop. those Mutos have been tracking some uh, tracking some smack. <laughs> Talking smack about you. Believe <laughs> 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 they want to find somewhere to pork. See, <laughs> 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 the Japanese called you fat. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back swimming again? Sup, <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla. Can we have a t-shirt? <laughs> Little Godzilla. Little Godzilla, sup? (laughs) (laughs) Don't take away from the epicness of this scene. I love this scene so much. I rewind this scene. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. wrong. But it's epic. All right. (laughs) Sup? Sup? Sup, Godzilla? (laughs) Wow. Um... Don't take away from the epicness of this scene. What's <laughs> <laughs> up? God damn it. Um, I mean, it does kind of cut to just little Jimmy Thumbface sitting on the couch. Mommy, mommy, dinosaurs. Um, I think we're about halfway through the movie right now. What is that, like 49, 59 minutes that I write it down? Uh, Brian Cranston lasts 42 minutes and we see Godzilla for the first time at uh, 58 minutes. So uh, now, there you go. At, at 58 minutes, what does Godzilla do? 
Stop. <laughs> he appears and then he jumps back in the water and you see his fin for the next half hour. <laughs> like that's this is the only appearance we get of Godzilla until the end of the movie. You see him on TV fighting <laughs> the thing. And wait, so hang on. So this is Mothra, basically. This is a flying one, isn't it? Right, okay. And then the other draggy ones in Vegas. The man. Yeah, Men the don't man, fly. The man, the man don't fly. <laughs> I'll I'll pause there, talk about everything up. We're halfway through the movie, Colin, okay. so so some things as a Godzilla fan, I appreciate um, Ken Watanabe's character's name, Dr. Serizawa. This is the name of uh, the main character in the original Japanese Godzilla movie. Um, it, he's a scientist that basically defeats, sacrifices himself and defeats Godzilla. Sorry, I spoiled the original 1954 <sighs> movie for anybody out there. But uh, th- they kept the name. Uh, nothing else about it. Again, like I love Ken Watanabe, but every scene in this movie is just looking serious, brooding. It's, it's Gojira. <laughs> he's just growling he really is channeling his christian bale in this movie but he also like uh, that that line when he like turns and he's like godzilla like like yeah. it, again it just reminds me of the japanese dude in the first and the, the first one it's not a sequel bit <laughs> uh in the 98 one when he's like godzilla godzilla, godzilla, and, then, godzilla. and then you've got uh audrey it's godzilla you moron yeah <laughs> like, it just reminds me of that but like there's so many things you could have done with ken wadnabi like <laughs> I'm going to get into when we get to Aaron Taylor Thumb here. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so I like that they name him Dr. Serizawa, especially. Uh, yeah, the 1999 stuff, uh, that's not bad. Brian Cranston does some overacting, but let's be honest, Brian Cranston is made for overacting. He's like a good Nicolas Cage. Uh, so I'm not going to complain in this movie about overacting. I mean, this movie needed a lot more overacting. I would have rather everybody overacted. Uh, you know, it, when Aaron Taylor Johnson gets a phone call from... Uh, his dad, and he's like, you know, so sorry, I can't bone you tonight. I got to go to Japan. I wanted her to be like, ah! like, react like that there, and then I know I'll get something even better out of you when Godzilla's standing over you, and not just a sup. But um, <laughs> the fact that it's his birthday and he forgets is, is hilarious. It's the only humor in this entire movie. Oh, it's my birthday! I completely <laughs> forgot. Like, who forgets their birthday? Um, <laughs> Me. I mean. Dude, did you ever forget your birthday? It's my birthday in a couple of weeks, Colin. Just uh, I don't Mine really. I thought, I'd, I thought I'd bring it up. So. Yeah, in case I hadn't gotten you anything yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm still. I mean, I've known you for nearly ten years. I'm still waiting for my first present, so it's all good. Yeah, well, um, Godzilla King, not Godzilla King Kong, um, Skull Island came out around my birthday. Yeah, so this has actually now become a March thing, I guess. So there you go. We celebrate our birthday months with Godzilla and Kong. Go on, sup. I, I will I will tell Warner Brothers to release K, uh, Godzilla versus Kong for you for your birthday. There you go, first cool. present. Hey, um, Justice up? League, um, Justice League, bloody Snyder Cut. The first is that after dro- drops on my is birthday. Is it on your birthday? Drop my oh, okay, because I think I'm like I'm like so I'm five days after you. So oh well, it's always um, about you, isn't it, Colin? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> well Mallory's birthday is five days before mine, so oh. Great, so now I got to share March with people. This isn't fair. When's Jamie's birthday? April 17th. Okay. I just thought I'd remember. Give her give her some You know, oven. Billy Garcia's going to be really tired of posting that picture of himself giving thumbs up <laughs> by the time he gets to my birthday. <laughs> it's not special anymore. That is the best thing. Like, seriously, people friend Billy Garcia on Facebook just so he can give you a thumbs up, Billy yeah. Garcia, happy birthday I, you know, picture. I, I, I thought about this today because I saw him post that, oh, I don't know, a million times in the last month. <laughs> Uh, but on his birthday, can you and I both duplicate that pose and send yeah. it to him? Absolutely. I've, I've been, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. Find out when Billy Garcia's birthday is. Everybody can do that. 
It's like the Keanu Reeves sounds up in Point Break. That's it. The Billy Garcia yeah. one's just as famous. <laughs> You're the yeah. best. The best. Nothing's going to now. That's the new theme song to the House Network. <laughs> oh, Jamie's here. Hi, Jamie. She she brought me homemade poutine. You're going to oh, like that. Oh, Jamie, where's mine? Is she wearing a dress? Are you wearing a dress, Jamie? No, she says no. <laughs> she's that naked. means she's not wearing pants. Okay. So, I, hey, I, I we don't do that. This, Maybe in Ben's house, not in this house. I love how this works. She just randomly Jamie show up, give you a thing, walk <laughs> up, and I think she's wearing like a dress and no pants because I just see like the black thing and like skin colored pants. And he's like, "You wearing it? <laughs> nope." <laughs> 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 Jamie's cameo on the Aussie Network this week. What did she say? Nope. <laughs> bring, <Stop. laughs> bring back Dan Foley. Where, where's he? he? He lasted one week. So. Oh man, that would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah, Dan, you want to make it from the next down? <laughs> That's my gimmick, okay? <laughs> emergency, emergency episode. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me just skip through some of the. Okay, I, I do not mind when Brian Cranston is on screen because they give his character development. They give his character reactions. Everything that everybody else in this movie is missing, Brian Cranston has. Uh, he has the backstory, you know, the, the wife who dies. It, it's it's something to follow. It's something to care about. Even if it's a Godzilla movie, you still need something to relate to, you know? And once he's dead, we're going to get none of that. Uh, but one of the stupidest things in this entire movie, and I hope that you found this is one of your plot holes in everything wrong with. So when he convinces his son after bailing him out to go back to the very same place so he can, you know, investigate or whatever brian cranston takes off his mask takes a deep breath it's clean no radiation i'm, I'm sorry that's not how radiation works brian cranston <laughs> oh i smell some radiation here stop breathing everybody stop breathing you could not be breathing and still be dead from the radiation it does not work like that <laughs> well, well, well in all fairness it does say zero radiation on his little geigo counter but he, but he sniffs the air and says don't worry it's clean no radiation <laughs> I want it to be um uh well like earlier when what his wife dies you see the radiation because radiation comes in yeah smoke, it's purple right? <laughs> yeah exactly uh, I mean I watched Chernobyl that that's how it works right no uh, now when they take them into the compound um, and we see the mudos there I don't know if you can remember but obviously we're now half an hour close to 40 minutes into the movie and you're seeing this giant egg that's pulsating and it's got noises coming out of it. it's it got lights and you're thinking this is godzilla and then it hatches and you're like wow that's not godzilla <laughs> how long is left in this movie was there at least a little bit of disappointment from you and you're like oh i'm fine because they're building it up like here comes godzilla here comes godzilla and then nothing i i vaguely remember it but I don't know if I like. I, I honestly, I'm not one of these people who walked out of this being disappointed that you didn't see much Godzilla or like it took so long. Like I've never had that feeling. Like I've never, like seriously, Godzilla, Honolulu, going sup, roaring at the airport, <laughs> blew my balls out of my ball sack. <laughs> said I was like, fuck, this movie's great. So like, I don't think I even like. I probably did at the time. I can't remember. But, but glowing jizz eggs. That's a bit weird. <laughs> Well, but you're, you're expecting, and it's the same reason why Gareth Edwards is like, let's kill off Brian Cranston. Nobody will see it coming. It worked in Psycho. The reason it doesn't work in this movie isn't because you killed off Brian Cranston. It's because he's the only character you put any effort and thought into. Mm. So you, you get the audience anticipating, we've got an interesting character. Now, if they had followed through and made anybody, Sally Hawkins, <laughs> um, Aaron Taylor Thumb, Ken Watanabe, anybody, made David Strathern, made any of them even slightly interesting from this point on, 
it wouldn't hurt so bad when Brian Cranston dies. But you take the only character in the movie that's interesting and you kill them off. And then you, on top of that, you're going to say, not only are we going to disappoint you by killing off the one interesting character, but we're also not going to show you Godzilla when you thought you're going to see Godzilla. You're Richard, welcome. Richard T. Jones has character development. He's a <laughs> Does he? military guy in a uniform who <laughs> tells people what to do. Never seen those in a Godzilla movie before. He's super uh, attractive, now, Richard T. Jones. What a man. The other thing is the Mudos, like, uh, even when it's just the female one here, it looks really boring. Like, <laughs> there is nothing interesting looking about this monster. And I know I've read a lot of other criticisms about this, but it's very true criticism. we just seen Cloverfield, you know, five years prior to this. They just duplicated the Cloverfield monsters with these Mudos. They don't look unique. They don't look interesting. Uh, you can only tell the difference between them because one's flying. And in a movie that's pitch black anyways, and you just want to have these black creatures with red eyes, doesn't exactly make the most appealing looking movie. It, yeah, I, I never thought about that with Cloverfield, actually. That's a good point. I mean, look, it's been a long time since I've seen Cloverfield. I basically vomited in that movie. Um, <laughs> that is the one movie that I legitimately was going to walk out of, not because I didn't like it or I was, you know, whatever. I, I felt so fucking sick. I'm <laughs> watching that in the big screen that I've been scared to watch it ever since. But I enjoyed it. I remember liking Cloverfield. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's these things just look like, you know, those, um, you know, when you want to remove staples from things yeah. and they've got like those yeah. claws, that's, like, mm-hmm. that's what they look like. So, you know, they do that. So um, I don't know if I fully but, remember what you just said. <laughs> They don't look interesting, especially no, in no, such a don't. dark movie. They don't. Yeah. But I mean, like dark on so many levels though. Like that, my I remember when my dad watched this movie, he's like, I couldn't see anything in this movie. Like it's just, it's yeah. so dark. And well, like, it doesn't work when you've got so many night scenes and like Godzilla's dark and then these staple gun things are dark. And like, I again, not super complaining about the fact you don't see it. I kind of almost like these shots of them seeing it from like helicopter news crews and like it almost adds yeah, a bit I of I do like that. It's kind of like a realistic factor to it. This is what you're seeing. Um, and I was, is this where you see like terror in Honolulu or something like that on the news? Yeah. Um, I think I even wrote down the headline here somewhere. Uh, I'll find it eventually. Well, America under attacks later on, isn't it? When, you know, I mean, is that what you'd really put America under attack? Like, <laughs> when you that implies like, okay, you're being attacked. Fair enough. Like, that's nine eleven. You think about now, there is nine eleven. Tick off the reference for the thing. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like these creatures have gone death to America. Let's fucking go and kill it. Like, these are just creatures yeah, look, that want to fuck. That just happen to where be. Where is the headline? America and Japan under attack. It's yeah. always the Americans. And also, can like one thing that I don't know if we established too much when we did like the disaster into the world movie month, like kind of coincidental that it's always America that this always happens. Like, I just want a yeah. movie where, like, Godzilla and, and not Mothra and, and Muto just happen to converge on the isolated coast of Burkina Faso. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you'll be pleasantly surprised, surprised with Skull Island, even though it's heavily American. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I get it. Like, you've got to have some, you know, action and stakes and cities getting destroyed is awesome. But, like, it's also like a natural disaster movie. Like, why does an asteroid always just have to hit off the coast of New York? Yeah. Like, what happens if it hit off the coast of Hobart? Like, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> off the coast the of Guam. The world applauds. Yeah, the coast of Guam. Uh, like Macquarie Island on the way to Antarctica. Like, I mean, you know, like meteorites and, and, and Godzilla's always have great timing of where they need to yeah. do their battles. So... Uh- now, as annoying as it always is to have, you know, oh, it's got to be America and these movies crammed down your throat. There's nothing worse than a character that's being crammed down your throat. So Aaron Taylor Johnson 
A, not a good actor. No. B, not, not a compelling presence. Not attractive. C, not attractive. Most importantly, really cram down the audience's throat in this movie like you're supposed to love and root for this guy. When everybody, Muno attacks and everybody dies and they say to Ken Watanabe, is there anybody here that you need to, to bring with us? And he points and he's like, that guy. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> and then he gets there. And like you said, he debriefs him. Now, it would be one thing for him to debrief him and say, all right, here's what you need to know. Just because I think you deserve to know why your dad died. These things are called MUTOs, okay? Uh, <laughs> massive, unidentified terrestrial organisms. Uh, one's kind of like a bat. It's going to find a mate. It's destroying things. We think we can kill it, but it feeds off radiation. Now you're telling them about other secret government creatures that have not factored into this movie yet. There is no reason for him to explain Godzilla to this kid. And why? And one thing too, like, okay, I'm going to pick up on this now, how serious and dark this movie is. And this goes back to your sub moment. Like, <laughs> why are people so casually calm about this? Like, yes! his thumb face being told that a fucking giant dinosaur-like <laughs> creature is alive and, and he this, hasn't seen it yet. It's not even like Mudo's who's like, oh, great. I, clearly. Godzilla 98 does it better. Reaction mm -hmm. shots from people and like, holy crap. And like, even that line from, well, what's his face? Um, not Hank Azaria. Um, the other Simpsons dude. Um, God, why have I gone blank on his name? Does Kent Brockman's voice and Harry Shearer. Even when oh, Harry Shearer. Shearer is like, there appears to be a dinosaur in New York. Like, that's the type of reaction yeah. you want. Because like, again, like, here I am defending the, the grounded nature and the realism of it. Fair enough. I still appreciate it. But, like, if you think about our world today, we're living in COVID, pandemic, like, everything. Like, if right now we turn on the news and they're, like, breaking news, a fucking dinosaur and a dinosaur <laughs> are fighting each other in Honolulu. Are we just going to be like, okay. Like, I mean, maybe we will be like, oh, 2020. Like, what else can go wrong? But, like, there's going to be a case of there's a fucking dinosaur attacking another exactly. dinosaur like and, and the news footage in this movie it just looks like they're covering you know i, I don't know like like a, a police chase on a freeway you know what would really bother me? i do like when sometimes they'll cut to the shots and you see the news camera footage like it gives it this real world feel but there isn't one moment in this movie where we actually see a newscaster telling you the scene that ken watanabe just had is clear exposition at the the expense of let's cram this audience uh this character down the audience's throat this this kid ford he's so important we have to give all the exposition give it on the news have a newscaster being like listen this is unprecedented people every time we see the news it's just in the background nobody's even really paying attention you'd have people crowded in times square look oh a dinosaur <laughs> And like even let's, let's two movies that get complained about that do it so much better: Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Yeah. Like like do it so much better. And well, one that I know that you don't like the ending of, and I defended the ending because I don't think it's as bad as people say it is: The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Like you, the reactions yeah. from people when the T Rex is attacking San Diego are natural. And even at the end, when you've got like uh, Malcolm and, and Julianne Moore on the couch sleeping, and Kelly's there watching the news, and you've got this CNN like live coverage of like that's yeah. how the fucking news works like that's how they would be covering this this would be like global breaking news story a t-rex is attacking san diego let's have blanket coverage of the fucking boat going back to isla sauna because that's legitimately how it would be mm -hmm. we've lived through life events where news like is oversaturated over an event like fucking oj simpson it's a it's a football player running away in a car it was like like they blanketed the coverage of that they stopped the nba you would finals have 
for that. Yeah, you would have experts on the news. There would there would be yeah. panels of people. Here, here is our paleontologist explaining how this is actually possible that there's a dinosaur destroying Honolulu. You would be interviewing Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum going, you were in a exactly. movie about dinosaurs. Matthew Broderick would be being they, interviewed. Like. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're like, we have here Colin Hilding and Ben Waterworth who covered 1998's Godzilla. Yeah. Is there any similarities you're seeing what's going on in Honolulu right now to what happened <laughs> in that? Honolulu. But like, it's, there's no reactions from anybody. And, you got Ken Watanabe explaining stuff he shouldn't explain just so the audience can get it to this kid that they're about to cram down your throat because when he gets a, he, what does he say? You know what? I want this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, all right, here's all the secrets that the government has. Where are you going? Home, my family, Honolulu. Oh, you know what? We could drop you off on the way. You can catch train. <laughs> like you just tell all the secrets. If you wanted this guy for a reason, then you keep him. You say, no, we got a special mission for you. Okay. And have him sneaking away. That, that gives you something to care about the character for. Now, don't even get me started on that. Okay. I do love the, 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 the visuals of the Mudo ripping apart the train. Like you said, mm-hmm. that looks great, but the military drops off this guy who knows all their secrets and he hops a train to the airport. And oh, and oh, let's get even worse with the, how bad this character Ford sucks. So the entire train is under attack. And what does he say? Everybody get down because he's the only one on the train who thought of that. Yeah. And then what do we see? Everybody on the train getting down because they listen to this guy because he's a take charge kind of guy. And what does he do? Aaron Taylor Thumb immediately stands up. <laughs> heroically after you told everybody to get down why because he's a bad boy he doesn't listen he doesn't play by the rules like this character is just so dumb and then we just have to have a sequence of him hanging on so we could have a kid almost dangling into this mouth and no nobody else is gonna grab this kid except for this one weak little bony thumb boy <laughs> and, and like he cares more about this than his own family like I, exactly I is it the everything wrong with the honest trailer basically points out that he does everything but care for his family like he yeah. doesn't even like the one time we see him try to call Elizabeth Olsen and admittedly got to blame Elizabeth Olsen. She's worried about her husband might be dead. Surely she's going to have a phone on her 24 seven, not wiping, you know, thumb junior's ass. <laughs> like the one, and like, even when he leaves a message, he's just basically like, so a lot's happening. Um, like surely she'd be like fucking dinosaurs coming to San Francisco. Run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, he, he can get on the phone. I am I am rigging Mallory nonstop. I'm sending texts. I'm sending emails, yeah. Facebook messengers, WhatsApp, kick, fucking even, MySpace messenger. Like I'm on it. Like not even oh. the way that he's sitting on the train is just so casual. Like I'm Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm a cool guy. Sup? Like, that's the, <laughs> the word of this film. Sup? Uh, there's no panic. There's nothing. Uh, now some of the stuff that does work when you have all the flares in the air and you're getting mm. that lighting to reveal God again, those tricks work in this movie, but you don't need 99% of Godzilla's screen time to be the exact same. It, it flashes a light and cloud. Like it works effectively. If you do it even 50% of the time, not a hundred percent of the time. I will say though, I think the action in this movie is pretty good. Do you like the action? When you movie? have it, but, but the problem is, and this is, I'll get to another one of my complaints about where I can see what Gareth Edwards was doing, but it was the wrong approach. The only purpose that Aaron Taylor Johnson has in this movie is to be the character. They want to tell this from the point of view of humans. Mm. That's why it's shot the way it is. At no point are you just going to have a massive shot of Godzilla. If you're seeing Godzilla, it's because Aaron Taylor Johnson or one of the main characters is nearby witnessing it. But 
they're plugging him in there almost as an homage to the, are you aware of the fact that the original Godzilla movie, there's two versions of it. There's a Japanese and American version. I didn't know there was an American version of the. It's, well, it's not an American version, not just the subtitles. So we're talking 1954, foreign films, subtitle films, even dub films probably aren't a thing yet. I mean, this is pre any type of dub, even Bruce Lee movies. You can't market a movie in America unless it is an English film. So they dub Godzilla, but still feel, you know what, this isn't going to work for American audiences. So they get an actor who went on to play Perry Mason, Raymond Burr, uh, to stand in. And they shot a bunch of scenes that would be insert him into the plot of Godzilla. Now, some of them are actual scenes where he's talking to a character and you'll see that he's, oh, a, a, a character comes out of a room and all of a sudden Raymond Burr, the American, is there. And the other character that you saw the face of in the previous scene, now you only see them from behind. Once you know what they're doing, it's very obvious. But he's a reporter who's observing this. So it makes sense for him to be at all these events and why he's there to see everything. Now, they're going the same route with Thumb's uh, character in this movie. He's just the guy who's at all these events. But they try to make it part of the story. Make him a reporter. He's like, I need to follow the story. I need to, to get word on what's going on. He's a soldier who's trying to get home to his family. And then they just have to pigeonhole him into every single sequence. Oh, Godzilla's going to attack a train. Well, I guess we put him on the train because there's no way the military could have dropped him off hmm. in Honolulu somewhere at the airport after this. Oh, they're going to uh, walk across train tracks. Well, how are we going to get him across the train tracks? The army drafts him or whatever. Oh, how are we going to get him? Well, they draft him again. Like he's just in all the scenes. They're, they're trying to do almost a throwback to the, what the original Godzilla American version did. But the American movie did that because they were piggybacking off a Japanese movie and putting an American character in post-production. They did it very so well that Aaron Taylor Johnson looks like in every scene of this movie he's added in post-production. He doesn't matter to this movie. Which, and at the end of the day, too, is that how the military works? Like, you can just literally walk up to any military unit like, hey, sup, I used to be in the military, or yes, I still am. Sup. Oh, <laughs> join, us, join us, son. Um, yeah. I don't think that's how it's worked. Also... Now that I think about it, when they're like, oh, we're only like whatever miles from Honolulu, I'm looking at a map here between Japan, Hawaii, you know, big, big gap, basically. Like, wh why do they send him to Honolulu? How long have they been on this boat for? Like on this, on this uh, aircraft carrier? That's right. It's a boat. And why do they from take From Japan him to Honolulu. Yeah, why do they take him all the way out into like the middle of the Pacific Ocean on a bloody thing so they can show him fucking Godzilla and it just so happens that they've tracked Godzilla all of a sudden. Like... Isn't Japan closer? Shouldn't he be just back on his return flight from Tokyo? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Drop him in an airport where you can take a flight. How is this boat? We need to catch this thing. I get why they have boats surrounding the creature, but they essentially know where he's going at this point because they know where the other Mudo is, right? Mm. So get a flight and get there ahead of this thing. And I also do love the fact that, like, they've got projections, like Richard T. Jones here, like, oh, look, you know, this is a trajectory because these creatures yeah. clearly only swim in a straight line. Um, <laughs> and also, like, the stupidity when they eventually realise there's going to be a third one of these things because it's like, oh, wait, remember that time we disposed of that egg in that mountain near Las yeah. Vegas? Oh, shit, we better check on that now. Um, so, you know, plot's got a plot oh, i guess you know though i did note that there is one part of this movie that uh does show the reaction there is a single shot of a bunch of in this case white tourists in honolulu running and turn around no oh, the, the, the typical thing you expect the, the japanese oh it's godzilla or whatever in this case you got a bunch of white tourists who are doing it so clever of them on doing that but even <laughs> with the godzilla even with the god like i mentioned the godzilla reveal it's like big reveal and then no shock from anybody uh 
so much in this movie happens off camera when you could show stuff. There are characters here to observe a big fight at this point. This movie is over two hours. And you said the action, the action is good when it's in there, but there's so little action in this movie. If you actually add it up, there's that big headline that comes up. This is Honolulu devastated. And I just wanted them to add off camera because we don't <laughs> see the devastation of Honolulu. You see about 30 seconds of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that KYPN or whatever the network was called would uh would do that. Um, I also just want to say about Elizabeth Olsen, she doesn't really have much to do in this movie. She just basically doesn't get sex, wipes her son's bum, and then pawns her son off on someone else and hides. Yeah, and um, you know what's really annoying about her character in this movie? She doesn't even speak in most of her scenes. Mm. She exists only to every time something's on the news, they cut to her, whether she's at home or in the hospital, sort of looking at the TV like, Huh. But she's hot doing it, Colin. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why she's in it. I will say, though, but Elizabeth Olsen, to me, he actually, uh, she actually, uh, assumed a gender, apparently, um, she actually almost gives a shit, though. Um, whereas, like, Thumb, you know, he's just, as you said on the train, sup, I'm Thumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the hero of this movie and I'm going to do shit. Um, so let's just go to the end of the movie right now. So basically, the the, the plot is... From this point, we're going to draw out Godzilla and not Mothra to the middle of the ocean and fucking nook him in the face. Um, which, why is this always the methodology of these movies? These are fucking creatures who eat nuclear bombs for yeah. breakfast. Like, this this goes back to Happy Gilmore. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> like, this is fucking Godzilla and not Mothra and other Cloverfield leggy thing, basically eating this shit. And like you blow them up, you're basically feeding them a buffet. And then you got Richard T. Jones going, no, the bombs we did was megatons. These are kilotons or kilotons and megatons. The other way around, like this, this makes that one look like a fucking fart in the ocean. Like, you know, like. But you know what? This would work if it was just the military. But this is the military and Ken Watanabe, who heads up a group that has been around for decades studying these things. So he knows if this is the military and the, naturally you would assume, you know what, giant creature, let's nuke it. That's bound to kill it. But Ken Watanabe is their expert. Yeah. And he <laughs> like becomes an expert decades, immediately, doesn't he? Like, weirdly, yeah, he exactly. knows everything after not knowing anything. And, and when we get into the next couple of movies, we're going to see how this organization, Monarch, I mean, they should have known this decades earlier not to nuke this thing in the face. But it's just, it's just I don't like... I get it, like, that's, you know, the the one thing that you always got to think that's going to destroy it, that's going to do this. It's like it's like Independence Day, right, where they eventually go, like, okay, we're going to we're gonna nuke them, and then they think they've destroyed it, and they haven't because the shield stops the nuke, and they fucking end up nuking, I think it's Houston or Dallas or something like that. So, you know, yeah. like, I get it, you got to make the mistake, but, like, again, literally creatures that feed off <laughs> nuclear, like, where are they finding these creatures? They're buried underneath nuclear facilities. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of... You know, it's just it's it's like if right now you said, okay, um, I'm going to prove to you that Jamie will never cheat on me. Here is naked Keanu Reeves. <laughs> this is she's so in love with me that she will not leave me. Oh wait, she's left me and is having sex with Keanu Reeves. Awkward. Should have seen that coming. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if Mallory's ever like, you know, I'm going to prove Ben will never cheat on me, and you got naked Richard T. Jones. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> Naked Keeper Sutherland. Um, you know, yeah. By the way, you know what? I was I was clicking on David Strathern here. I bet you were. And uh, you know how IMDb, the IMDb has polls, right? And mm-hmm. daily polls. 
so they'll link to any daily polls that reference that actor. And David Strathern here was in, uh, what's this called? Chasing the Silver Fox, a poll on ranking. Who's your favorite Silver Fox in Hollywood? Now, um, David Strathern came in number 19th on this. Oh, uh, I don't even know how my, my browser is slowing down. There's so many people on this thing. So I, let's just say 19 is a fairly respectable spot. Uh, top three, uh, Jeff Bridges, number one. Uh, number two, Sam Elliott. Number three, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, 30, 35 people on this. Martin Sheen came in last. Well, better than not being on it at all, Martin Sheen. Take what you Ben get. Kingsley won. How is he Silver Fox? He's got no hair. <laughs> uh, Bill Pullman, number 24. Ted yeah. Danson, 21. David Strathern, 19. David Strathern beat Sam Neill by one point. What? Aww. Have I ever told you the greatest band name I ever came across when I was on radio? I had to. Was ba- it Backseat Bogans? No, it was a band <laughs> by the name of Ted Dancing with Wolves. <laughs> is that not the greatest band name you've ever heard? I am going to download the album right now as soon as I can find my phone. <laughs> Ted Dancing with Wolves. That is brilliant. Whoever came up with that. Um. So, yes, they're going to draw these off the coast of San Francisco. Oh, finally, Stumpface gets a hold of Elizabeth Olsen. Great. Um, and is this where she, like, pawns off little Stumpface off to co-worker number seven? Cause yeah. why not? Um, yeah, Stumpface ends up in Lone Pine, California. They can't even fucking drop him off in San Francisco. They've got to go to Lone Pine, California. I don't even know where that is. Um, so he then jumps on board a train because... Essentially, the Muto thing is walking and it has an EMP. I, I got a lot of vibes here of, uh, you know, Pierce Brosnan era James Bond. We've got EMPs, we've got halo jumps. Like, uh, I think they were a big fan of uh, Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies, basically. Um, so this, they've got to transport the nuclear bomb by a train because trains apparently have no electricity. Um, and they've got to do it slowly through the forest. They get attacked and then this eats a nuclear bomb. How many bombs are on this train, right? Because, like, one gets taken and one gets rescued and one's there. And I don't know. It's a cool scene. I do like the tension of this scene. Like, I like the shot of the tanks and all that going down the river and them on the train, uh, the tracks and kind of the train coming towards them. I like all that. Um, You have Thumbface getting rescued, a scene reminiscent of Volcano. Like, look at their faces. They all look the same. (laughs) Uh, He's covered in soot. Um, Thumbface wearing blackface. This doesn't get <laughs> cancel cultured, does it? No. Um, yeah. Um, ba- oh, we've got the other one woke up near Las Vegas. Las Vegas gets destroyed. Cool. Um, <laughs> then basically well, you end- are really selling your love for this movie. I like that. I, I like, okay, I'm nitpicking the shit out of this movie because there's problems in this movie, but I did this in Godzilla 98 as well. Come on. Um Again, when Godzilla arrives in San Francisco, this is Godzilla 98. You've got police line mm-hmm. do not cross with cop in thing. You've got the, the, the giant tail coming towards the water, reminiscence of the fisherman dude on the, on the wharf. Like, this is so Godzilla 1998. Um, and then I, I do love, like, the fact that the military start fucking firing on Godzilla. And they're like, careful, there's, there's still innocent people on the bridge. They don't give a fuck. They're just blowing this. Like, how many civilians have they killed with these missiles? They destroy the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, people criticise Godzilla 1998 of them needlessly, like, destroying the Chrysler building. All this. I mean, they're doing exactly the same thing here to San Francisco. Um, and, and, like, one thing I'll say, too, about this whole... Basically, Godzilla's meant to be the good guy of this movie, right? Because Godzilla's mm-hmm. going to stop Mothra and weird things. 
But why are they still firing on Godzilla? Like, I know we're going to have the epic line of, let them fight. Like, shouldn't this be their point from the whole movie? Like, they're still believing. But how do they... How do how they do know know Godzilla's know? evil? Yeah. But then they go how from they know Godzilla's evil? anything? Because, like, they're here trying to kill Godzilla. They literally know that shooting it with missiles doesn't do anything because they're trying to draw him out into the ocean to, like, nuke him in the face. Like... <laughs> But they just keep shooting him, needlessly killing innocent civilians on that. That's pissing Godzilla off. He's ripping fucking Golden Gate Bridge. At one point, do they just go, oh, no, Godzilla's not fighting back. at Because you don't see Godzilla, <laughs> I think, destroy any of these ships, right? So, like, clearly mm-hmm. do they just wake up and smell the nukes and go, wait, no, like, he's good because he's not doing anything here. Um, it's confusing. It's, it is, like, as a, again, I'm going to say Godzilla movie doesn't need a plot. I just want to see my monsters fight. But at the end of the day kind of like is Godzilla good or bad like wake up like I don't understand um and how do they know that Godzilla's all of a sudden gonna start fighting like why do they think that Godzilla gives a shit about San Francisco like mm. sup I'm Godzilla uh, Godzilla <laughs> do you do you want to say San Francisco <laughs> okay off you go <laughs> sure don't kill Japan though because they called you fat <laughs> um is that what they literally say like Mothra not Mothra called you fat <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do love how basically like the sole reason for Mothra and not Mothra boning or meeting in San Francisco is to bone each other. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the stuff I love here, like the action stuff though in San Francisco is like you got this scene where Elizabeth Olsen is doing a runner, but she kind of sees like the the parachute guy and then you see a plane fly into the building and then you cut to like all these jets flying and crashing into the ocean. That's a cool scene. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, like, and sort of when we lead into the halo jump, like the POV shots, like that's cool. Like I like that sort of done from those reactionary shots. And even here, when you like literally see not Mothra crash on this boat to get the nuclear bomb. Um, God, this, I mean, this movie's going to end. There's nothing really to add except <laughs> Godzilla fights with Mothra, not Mothra. Thumbface has got to get the nuclear bomb. Because apparently it only takes like tw- you know five minutes to get from that point of San Francisco to the ocean and get it out to blow the nuclear bomb, and that's maybe the biggest gripe I have with this movie is this nuclear bomb going off. But we'll get to that. Um, they they fuck, they lay eggs, they burn the <laughs> eggs. Um, not Mothra gets killed in the uh, the building, and then we get Godzilla shooting out his uh, fire laser ble- beam, which is pretty cool. But again, why didn't he do that before? Um, and I do love like the bit when he kills the other creature, when he rips its head off by shooting a laser beam down its face. Um, I do like how Godzilla and Thumbface have a moment with each other. They stare at each other <laughs> again, Godzilla 98. That's Matthew Broderick staring at Godzilla when Godzilla dies, um, on the fucking Brooklyn bridge. Um, yeah, Godzilla, they'll, they'll think Godzilla's dead, but no, Godzilla's alive. And, this all leads to the headline of Godzilla, King of Monsters. Like, why are the... Oh. How the, Like, I'm so confused. Like, this is Godzilla, who they've been shooting shit out of, right? Basically killed two creatures and then destroyed half a city. And everyone's like, yay, Godzilla! And then... You hear a plotting of people. Like, it is so dumb. Swims off into the ocean, doesn't cause a tsunami. Now, again, they wanted to converge these creatures off the coast because that's where it's safe. That's where the fallout would be safe, okay? This is a a bomb that's going to make that one in the 50s look like a piece of shit. Like, this is the bomb to end all bombs. Now, that little vessel 
that takes the bomb out is barely 10 miles off the shore of San Francisco. <laughs> it fucking blows up. Now, okay, I'm thinking there's going to be tsunamis. There's fallout. Like, why are people walking around San Francisco? Are they Brian Cranston? There's, there's no fallout. Exactly. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's some radiation I smell in here. <laughs> this is similar to the Dark Knight Rises. Like, like uh, uh, just because you launch a nuclear bomb off the coast at just 10 miles out, just because the explosion is out of the blast rate, like... This is the nuclear... Like, I watched Chernobyl. This place was... <laughs> it's still fucked. And this is, like, nearly 40 years later. Chernobyl is barely yeah. livable. Like, San Francisco is fucked. There's tsunamis. Like, Hawaii's gone again. All of California. <laughs> fucking, I'm dead here in BC because the tsunami's, yeah. like, a radius all the way up the Pacific coast. Like, and they just brush it off because they're cheering up thing. And also, one thing I notice here... I, by the way, I do love this movie. Um, one thing as well, when when the heli- when the helicopter comes in to rescue Thumbface, okay, heroic moment, great. Why doesn't the helicopter leave him on the boat and take the bomb? They should have a straw pole that some pilot is going to be the kamikaze mission because a helicopter can cover more ground than putt putt little fisherman whale tour boat. Now I'm like. <laughs> Seriously, there's like 10 minutes left on that bomb. That helicopter could be fucking like not even visible. Like, isn't that what happens in The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. And somehow Batman survives? Like, mm-hmm. like. Because he jumped. <laughs> yeah, it survived a nuclear bomb. So I'm calling bullshit on that. But I will say the action's up, epic. The halo jump scene, epic. Um, when you do see them fight, epic. Fucking Godzilla shooting a laser beam out of his mouth, ripping the head <laughs> off of Cloverfield. Fucking epic. Come on, Colin. Even you're going to say that's an epic scene. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I, I still thoroughly enjoy this movie, but there's a lot of things wrong with it. All right. So more <laughs> of let's cram Aaron Taylor Johnson down your throat. Uh, when he passes by the military and he's like, hey, Sergeant whatever. Uh, and they're like, hey, I get that guy says, I guess we're monster hunters now. <laughs> okay yeah. which by the way i don't know if you could find this guy jamie was watching this she's like hey i know that guy i'm like what she's like wasn't he in that skateboarding movie i'm like there's a skateboarding movie <laughs> she goes no the one with the kid who dies at the end i'm like what she's lords oh, of dogtown i'm like okay <laughs> so was this guy in lords of dogtown and then had like two lines in 2014 godzilla I mean, as, he's doing about as well as aaron taylor johnson now as the biggest fan of lords of dogtown um <laughs> oh, can't i tell you everything about that movie the skateboard movie where the kid dies <laughs> but like seriously just that line i guess we're monster monster hunters now i'm like oh yeah wow this script is just getting better uh and when, yeah when they find the cavern of the male muto so you have them going into this cavern sneaking stealthy sneaking around the cavern and then all of a sudden they go out the back and they're like, what? <laughs> the whole back has been blown out of this thing. Nobody noticed that. You want to criticize Terminator Salvation for how does the giant Terminator sneak up on them in the gas station? The back has been blown out of this, what, giant uh, uh, mineral caverns and buried deep in the mountains of California or wherever this is, Utah. It's been blown out since... <laughs> Yeah, Nevada, okay, it's been blown out. Either you should have seen that when you landed your helicopter. You notice the back's blown out of this thing here? There's a massive thing in the ground, like this drag itself for like a couple of miles. That's an earthquake right there. But instead they walk in there and they're like, somebody 
blew the back out of this thing. And look, you can see the trail where they, <laughs> you would have known that. It's so stupid. Uh, I, I do like the bridge scene with uh, the the train bridge. That, that I think is the one sequence I always, that and then the final fight, what well, you get to see the final fight are the two sequences I always fondly remembered in this movie. And they do hold up well. Uh, what doesn't hold up well though is Aaron Taylor Johnson falling, <laughs> washing up on shore, and then when they get to him, they say, this guy here, he's the only one who survived the bridge attack. And they point to him and say, that's the kind of man I need on my team. <laughs> Why? Because he fell from a bridge, almost drowned, and then woke up lucky to have washed on shore alive? Like, he didn't do anything. To the, it's just cramming this character down your throat. He's a hero. <laughs> he's the only one who survived. He's the only one who felt his death. How about that? He didn't pull a trigger. He didn't do anything. He's useless. I hate this guy. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I think I've ever heard you get so angry about a character before. I hate this guy. Uh, and again, he just, he, every scene in this movie, he exists in it only to be the guy observing Godzilla, but they, they don't even bother to come up with decent explanations to why he's there. Would you rather Thumb Guy or Verity? Oh, that's cool. Verity. Verity yes. and Dad of the Day. You yes. finally have a winner. This might be the worst leading character I have ever seen in a blockbuster. Like, I'm struggling to think about any leading character in a blockbuster that is worse than this. The character's terrible. The actor's terrible. Everything's terrible on it. If you if you had to describe into words how Verity compares to Thumbface Guy, what would you say? <laughs> um, She's at least... I don't know, 0.5% better. <laughs> I'll take that as a positive. We'll use that the clip worst, on uh, 007. <laughs> the worst leading character in movie history, 0.5% uh, worse than Madonna and Die Another Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it, again, they're going for the, the you know, Raymond Burr in the original Godzilla, uh, but it doesn't make sense why he's in this. I Make him a reporter or just have multiple. You've got so many characters in this movie. You don't have to only follow Aaron Taylor Johnson. You could be having this sequence told from David Strathairn's point of view, you know? Uh, have the train sequence from his point of view. Have him show up at the end, but don't have every single action sequence with the same guy, uh, especially when he's this bad. <laughs> um, give us Madonna in this sequence, and I'm okay with it. It's not Aaron Taylor Thumb. <laughs> Again, we're using that clip over on 007. Great. I love oh, it when you no, quote things. Oh, no, not fair. <laughs> not fair. Uh, okay, so, yeah, when we eventually get to this final fight, yes, it's okay. Uh, but um, there are some problems. Like I already mentioned, you've teased Godzilla in the shadows for so long in this movie. I would have liked when he finally came out of the shadows that maybe it wasn't pitch black outside. Like, Because this movie ends with it's just dawn. You could have it be like, oh, the sun's rising. You have just enough light that you can see something. But it does not look good on the TV. In the theater, this fight held up much better than it does on a TV. Because uh, you really can't see what's going on half the time. You definitely can't tell the difference between the Mudos. You can totally tell when the Mudos are making out with each other. Like, that's <laughs> kind of funny. When they finally see each other and they're actually like legitimately like... <laughs> they, they are really going at it. <laughs> wow. Colin finally saw his first porn. He didn't even have to yeah. Google it. Uh, some things that actually were good. Some of the Again, I like some of the visual uh, uh, things that Gareth Edwards does here. The scene where you have all the, the, the kids on the bus and the birds, the one bird flies into it. You got that bird scare and then all the birds going overhead. Great shot. Uh, I don't care about this kid. This kid also, just like Elizabeth Olsen, it's like they decided to delete all the dialogue from mm. every character who's not in this movie that's not Ken Watanabe from the second half of this movie because 
people just have re- bland reaction shots. Even this kid doesn't react like, I mean, fine, child actor, he's not going to have the acting chops of Aaron Taylor Thumb, but he should at least, as a child, have a reaction. Gareth Edwards, tell the kid to scream. You know, show him uh, Madonna's video for Dino. Get something to put the fear of God in this kid and get a reaction shot because every shot in this movie, the, the worst ones are during the final sequence where, of course, Aaron Taylor Johnson's got to be on the crew that has to go, you know, track down this nuke or whatever. Uh, in the middle of the fight, and twice a creature comes face to face with him. And what does he do? He looks at him like this. Sup? <laughs> there, is, there is no reaction shot. You are face to face with these monsters. This is probably the most frustrated I've been with a movie since Bohemian Rhapsody, by the way. <laughs> wow. Which, by the way, Bohemian Rhapsody enjoyed more than Godzilla. Wow. Um, Yay. Positive. We haven't even recapped that properly. We've only reviewed it, right? So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Halo jump sequence is great. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Uh, Ken Watanabe's Let Them Fight line, like that that was straight up. I, I believe that they shot that so they had something to put in the trailer. Because like, oh, yeah. we have a two-hour movie with no Godzilla, no fighting, nothing that you can actually see what's going on, and nobody talks. All right, write a couple of lines where Ken Watanabe says stuff like, let them fight. And they're like, fine, let's just have him say, let him fight. We got a line for our trailer. We have some dialogue in this movie. Uh, the the big showdown that you finally get where you have Godzilla and the Moodles, like uh, Godzilla versus Moodle. <laughs> you can see it like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Good shot there. Only 15 minutes left in the movie, though. And, and I, I'll, I'll go through the screen time problem at the end of this. Uh, of course, all we want is to follow these boring soldiers on their mission. Nobody actually wants to see Godzilla uh, fight, do they? Um, so do I have anything else here? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I don't really care. Uh, oh yeah. So I actually compare, I thought of this. Uh, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but when I get really excited about a movie, when there's a movie like star Wars or when Bill and Ted came out, I had the same thing happen. I right? probably, I'm probably going to have a dream about Godzilla versus King Kong in the next uh, couple of weeks. When I'm really excited about a movie, I'll have a dream that I got to see the movie, but in my dreams, of course, this is your dream. It never is right. It's all messed up and there's like, you're sitting through half of a movie and you're not seeing any of the main characters and you just end up thinking like, what is going on with this movie? Like there's something really wrong here. To me, that's what this felt like. This felt like I got really excited for Godzilla and I had a dream and in my dream, of course, because it's not a real movie and my mind's just putting together this jumbled mess. This is what it came out as. And that's kind of how I feel watching this movie now. It's like the bad dream of, I was so excited about this movie, but then I had the dream and then the dream wasn't good. Colin, it's all a dream. Wake up, Jamie. Oh, I hope it is. <laughs> I really hope this is. Uh, of course, this movie has to end on uh, one really good moment and then one really awful moment. Uh, when he breathes the fire, yeah, that's the highlight of the entire movie. Uh, not just the breathing fire when he's holding the one Mudo back, but the final kill. Uh, the other thing that I always loved about this movie, because they held off on the Godzilla fire breathing thing. They had one brief appearance of it just so you understood this exists. And then to basically pull the mouth back and breathe into the mouth. Like, what an epic kill. Incredible. Hit off. Yeah, exactly. No, this is, uh, they did that in um, the Peter Jackson King Kong. They took what was like a very famous moment from the original movie. Said, we're going to do the exact same thing, but just make it ultra violent. Uh, it's great. I, I hate all everybody applauding. Uh, but the real problem with this movie is that we've, we've, we've had Godzilla walking off into the sunset. Again, a typical Godzilla thing you see in these movies. But let's end the movie on this heartwarming family reunion. That again happened off camera. Like, Gareth, that was why is everything interesting in this movie off camera? We cut to Thumb, and he's already got his kid in his arm. And then the whole reveal is 
well, will they find the wife? The audience has forgotten the wife exists because she doesn't do anything in this movie. And when she walks in again, they look at her like, sup? (laughs) (laughs) Now, wouldn't the real drama be if you really want the audiences to identify with the parents reunite? But are they going to find their child? Did their child die on the bus? And then they, they see the child and everybody cries. Why is him reuniting with the child done off camera? Like so much of what's interesting in this movie is not even in the movie. And he still doesn't get to pork Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and he um, did, definitely didn't in Ultron, or maybe he did. Um, oh, well. <laughs> but where are they? Just, where are they from? A, What's that country? That mystical, mystical country? Sarkovia. <laughs> Sarkovia. You know what they're like in uh, Sarkovia. Now, now, just to quickly address the screen time issue in this movie, uh, which people have made arguments for and against it. They say Godzilla is not in the movie enough. People say, well, that's the way a Godzilla movie is supposed to be. Uh, so uh, at the time that this was compiled, 31 Godzilla movies. So this, I think, would be pre the two most recent ones, uh, which, by the way, the most recent um, Japanese Godzilla movie that came out after this, Shin Godzilla, I actually saw that for the first time uh, maybe about a month or two ago. And they do the exact same thing this movie did. They make you think, oh, there's a creature coming, and then they reveal it it's something else. But Godzilla is not far behind that creature. Again, they they use the same trick, but they did it effectively. This movie doesn't do it effectively. Uh, but not counting that or King of Monsters, out of 31 films, 2014 Godzilla, uh, Godzilla's screen time ranks 22nd out of 31 movies. So I don't care what anybody says. This is in the lowest uh, amount of screen appearances Godzilla's had in any movie. The other ones that are lower than this are movies that one of them is a clip movie, <laughs> essentially a, a movie that existed just to show clips from previous movies. Um, one of them is uh, not even a Godzilla movie. It was Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, which counts as a Godzilla movie, but that was a Ghidorah movie. Uh, and uh, another one here with only five minutes, Invasion of the Astro Monster, I again believe was a Ghidorah movie and Godzilla only makes a cameo appearance in that. So let's just say out of movies that were proper Godzilla movies, 28 of them, this is 22nd for uh, overall screen time. The majority of Godzilla movies, the, the most is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, 26 minutes. And we've got at least five movies here over 20 minutes. We have uh, 14 movies around a 15 minute mark. So there is no Godzilla in this movie compared to even 1950s and 1960s movies where their budgets were low and the movies weren't even marketed as Godzilla films. Where does 98 Godzilla rank on that list? 1998 Godzilla is 16th with uh, t- just under 13 minutes of screen time. So really? even that movie, a two hour, two hour and 20 minute movie, that movie was 20 minutes longer. Probably less Godzilla than that on average, but Godzilla had a presence in that movie still. Hmm. But yeah, still three over three minutes more uh, in the 1998 movie than there is in this. Son of Godzilla, which is essentially a parody that mostly follows a, a bumbling oaf of a son of Godzilla dancer. Like it is a ridiculous movie. <laughs> Godzilla has more screen time in that by several minutes than in this movie. Would you watch Son of Godzilla over this? Oh, hands down. I'll send you a clip. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, one thing actually I forgot to point out, I love how blase they are with nuclear bombs in this movie. They just fall out of trains, <laughs> they get on the ground and never go off. Um, also, one thing I want to point out, Colin, we have a habit on this uh, show of pointing out that the villains aren't really villains, that you really yeah. do not... I'm saying this right now. Mothra and not Mothra aren't really villains. Like, they just want (laughs) to fucking create a family. Like, they're just, they're no different to you and Jamie. Um, So, (laughs) 
Well, I mean, they, they're both willing in this one. That's the difference. <laughs> but, but, like, in all seriousness, like, they don't willing. It's not like they're going out of their way to destroy cities. They're not kidnapping humans and murdering them. Like, hey, you know? Look, that one kiss of theirs, that's more action than Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen had in this movie. So, yeah, uh, they are the love story of this film. The humans are the bad guys because they're just stopping a love story. Like, redo <laughs> this movie like The Notebook. Like, fucking put them in love and... You know, and, and then this is a notebook, right? Because that's Godzilla yeah. is then James Marston. And like basically he's and coming back. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, I better do the closing bits of this movie. No, uh, I was about to call you Noah. Colin's happy right now because we're up to this point here. <laughs> um, this movie got okay reviews. Um, I think people basically said it was better than the other one. Um, although <laughs> Which I they're wrong. 76% on Rotten Tomato. Didn't realize it. I That's it got, way too kind. I thought it was a lot more mixed reviews than that. Um, 62 out of 100 on um, uh, Metacritic. Uh, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes with just enough human drama to anchor the sweeping spectacle of giant monsters smashing everything in sight. Gareth Edwards' Godzilla satisfyingly restores a franchise fire-breathing glory. Um, Alex Papademus of Grantland said the film... Papadopoulos? Papadopoulos. Uh, the first truly joyous popcorn action movie of the season. Well, it's 2014. What were we missing in 2014? That was a good movie that year, weren't there? Um, uh, we'll find out very shortly. Keith Ulrich of the AV Club named Godzilla the second best film of 2014. Well, what was his number one? I am going to find that out. He's number one. And why was it The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Part 2? <laughs> Uh, Love is Strange was number one. Oh, Fo- of course. Followed by Godzilla, Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and Volume 2, Bojack Horseman, and Fifi Howls of Happiness were his top <laughs> five. So um, Only the best. Only the best for Keith Ulrich. Um, is he the new Peter Travers? I don't know. Um, Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune awarded the film three and a half stars, finding that the film makes up for the 1998 version and praised Edward's directing and build-up. Japanese critics and journalists praised the film for putting more of an effort to honour the spirit and visual style of the Japanese series, but criticised the film for complicating the anti-war, anti-nuclear sensibility and lack of nerve of the filmmakers to say anything substantial about nuclear weapons and nuclear energy. Actually, you know what's interesting? One point I've got to point out is this whole... Um, Fob watch thing that Ken Watanabe has and how, oh, it stopped at the time of Hiroshima. Now, they actually make a very good point in the uh, Everything Wrong With. So they're implying that he was alive when his father died and his father gave it to, like, or somehow, because <laughs> if that's the case, then Ken Watanabe's got to be about 69 in this uh, movie. So, yeah. Wow. Doesn't it's like how you like ripped apart um bloody uh Trevelyan in Goldeneye, how he's gotta yeah. be like, you know, super old. Um box office wise, did pretty good. Made two hundred million dollars domestically, which is pretty good. Uh it's opening weekend, made ninety three million dollars worldwide, three hundred and twenty four for a total of five hundred and twenty four million nine hundred and seventy six thousand and sixty nine dollars. It outgrossed the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla worldwide by uh, about hundred and thirty odd million dollars but you know what's interesting though uh, i read this uh of of movies that opened over 90 million dollars this is the lowest grossing film ever at least at this point to have opened over 90 million wow. so it, i'm just saying we see the second weekend like did this just plummet in week two and week three 
Well, week two, it made 30 million. Week three, it actually made more. And then week four, it made 12 million. Um, this opened the same weekend as Million Dollar Arm. I watched that movie recently. Good movie. Oh, yeah, good movie. Um, and other movies that opened that weekend The Immigrant, Chinese Puzzle, um, a lot of other things. Uh, also, that week, Neighbors in its second week was making 25 million. The Amazing Spider Man 2 in its third week was making 16 million. Million Dollar Arm made $10 million. Uh, on its opening weekend. Um, for the year, it was the 11th highest grossing film. A $200 million movie, and it was only the 11th highest grossing <laughs> film. Uh, off the top of your head, Colin, you've probably got this in front of you. Do you remember what the highest grossing film of 2014 was? Uh, no, I'm going to guess that uh, Winter Soldier is up there, but I'm trying to think what else was 2014. Winter Soldier was number three, uh, but it is another MCU movie that was number one. Was it an Avengers Nope, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 was number two. Lego Movie, number four. Transformers Age of Extinction, five. Maleficent, number six. For shame, stop spending money on Maleficent. <laughs> X-Men Days of Future Past, seven. Dawn of the Planet, eight. eight. Big Hero, six, nine. And The Amazing Spider-Man, two, number ten. So only two, three. I mean, do you count Maleficent as a non-franchise movie? Yeah, um, I guess at that point, yeah. So, I mean, Lego Movie at that point was a standalone movie. The Maleficent and Big Hero 6 are the only movies in that top 10 that weren't franchises or sequels, I guess. So, although have we had Big Hero 6 too? Um, of course uh, we No, well, they had an animated spinoff. Right. Good for them. Um, I guess the plot keywords and the user reviews. I'm looking forward to the user reviews because okay. you're probably one of them. I've, well, I've got a, a funny, most of the one-star reviews are very long-winded, but I did find one that has some bullet points that are pretty funny. Go for it. Hit, hit me okay. with it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> gave this one star. I'm not going to read the whole review, uh, but uh, I will just, uh, they, they have four bullet points here they put. Uh, so point number one, at minute 50, I thought, incredible, these ac- these awful actors keep telling us what is happening, but I can't see anything of that, and Godzilla hasn't shown up yet. At the 60-minute mark, I thought, I appreciate actors can remember their lines, but will I get to see any Godzilla in this Godzilla movie? At the 70-minute, I thought Godzilla must not have signed any contract with these guys. He is not in the movie. <laughs> At the 80-minute, when Godzilla finally showed up, he was probably with his lawyers to sue the production of the movie, but I was almost asleep and didn't follow much of the lawsuit. <laughs> wow. Um, Iceberg 704, all 15 minutes of Godzilla was incredible. The rest was crap. Uh, seriously, it was like two movies at once. So much focus on the army and the son, his wife, and his kid. We all know they were going to get together again in the end. Brian Cranston was awesome, but then he dies early. I would not have mind, but the trailers make it look like he was the main protagonist. It's like we got lied to, and then BAM! Sorry for the miscommunication. BAM! But actually, kick ass is your real star. And also, <laughs> he has no character development whatsoever. Why make all the all stars boring? It's a freaking monster flick. Show us a damn fight. And don't get me started on those two stupid teasers during the movie. Why? Why wait for the end and then only give us a five-minute fight? My reaction to this garbage is just like Ken Watanabe, or moments, or this is crap. Yes, okay. I agree. What else is Smart Iceberg? Man. Iceberg is the only movie he's ever rated as Godzilla. Um, plot, <laughs> plot keywords. Japanese Scientist Month. I'm down. Uh, featuring Godzilla, <laughs> Island of Terror, Werewolf of London, and Remote Control. Okay. Oh, Zip Drive Month. Yes. Featuring Godzilla, Dick Blue Sea, Wanderlust, and Paladrones. Did you know, Colin Hilding, that there is a Deep Blue Sea 3? 
I did hear that. Yeah, I have not seen it yet. I didn't even make it through part two. No, I made it like 10 minutes into part two. Don't know if I can make it through part three. Um, Reference to Hiroshima month. Uh, Some scenes in black and white month. Yeah. Um, C-17 Globemaster month. Yes. All right, here we go. Godzilla, Man of Steel, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Transformers. Okay. I'm not Lost seeing much of Mother here month. Presumed dead month, jumping from a airplane. Do- oh, dog month. Yes. <laughs> this has got Airbuds got to be number one. Air- oh. <laughs> Little things, number one. Nomad Land, number two. Modern Family, three. Wonder Woman, 1984, four. Where is Airbud? I'm just. Wow. I'm more concerned with mating month, okay? <laughs> um, Godzilla is number one. Anaconda is number two. The Invention of Lying is number three. <laughs> really? And then BBC's Life. That's the most common mating films, Invention of Lying, along with Anaconda and God, Godzilla. British actor playing American character month, near-death experience. Woman wears a gas mask month. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's been way too long waiting for this. Godzilla number one, Bad Boys for Life number two, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw three, and Terminator 2, Judgment Day number four. Oh, goodness me. Um, All right. Well, what are you doing with this bidding. movie, Colin? I'm bidding. I'm bidding. I'm bidding. <laughs> In all honesty, there are a couple of good shots in this movie. There is a horrible script. There are horrible actors. Uh, it is a huge letdown, and it's not even as good as some of the really bad, cheesy old Godzilla movies. It is a bin. I mustn't have been on the King of Monsters recap because I didn't rate that one, but I see here that you rented King of Monsters. Uh, so there you go. I'm buying this movie. Uh- no. I like, I get it. There's problems and I, I, I'm, you know, I've pointed out plenty in this movie, but I could put this movie on and watch it and enjoy it. Like I'm going to put on 1998 Godzilla ahead of this movie. I enjoy that better, but I don't know. I just still like this movie. I'm still in awe of this movie. I still get blown away by some epicness of this movie. So, um, I'm still squinting to try to see what's going on in this movie. (laughs) I like this movie. So yeah, again, too bad. The thing is like, if I think about King of Monsters, I left the cinema the same thing. Like, wow, that movie was like epic. And there's a lot more fighting in King of Monsters, but I, I don't remember King of Monsters outside of it being kind of epic. And that was only, what, two years ago, three years ago, if that? Yeah, So two. you'd feel I'd remember that more. But I remember this movie more. So um, Roger Moore. Um, <laughs> imagine Roger Moore in a Godzilla movie. Oh, I see. That Godzilla is destroying the city. Quite illuminating. Oh, rest in peace, Roger Moore. Um, cool. Godzilla. Uh, next week. All right. Kong. Next week. Island. Yes. Skong, Skong Island. Skong Island. Skong Island. The only... I've not seen it, but the connection I will say is I've been on the set and I've seen giant <laughs> props from this movie. I believe I sent you pictures of it when I was at the uh, Kaloa Ranch in, in Hawaii because I think it was out at the time. It had only just been mm-hmm. released, so they were sort of marketing there. So I've got photos of, like, giant skeleton remains and you drive through this valley where a lot of it was filmed. So um, that's my only connection to Kong Skull Island. I think, uh, isn't uh, Mr. Hiddleston in this movie next week? He is, um, unfortunately. Oh, what's wrong with Tom Hiddleston? There's nothing wrong with Tom Hiddleston. That's actually uh, part of the thing with this movie is that uh, I won't give away too much of my opinion other than the fact that I, I did see this when it first came out. I think we had just launched the Oz Network. Jamie and I had planned to make this maybe our first review and we ended up doing Logan instead and never got around to this. So I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, I really enjoy the cast of this movie. 
I'm a fan of Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. Uh, and I am so disappointed, especially with Brie Larson, that after me pumping up how good she is to you, despite us both not liking Captain Marvel, this is the next movie you get to see because Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are really, really challenging Aaron Taylor Johnson for lack of charisma presence in a blockbuster. Like you could probably write them both out of this movie and it would be just as good, if not better. Uh, so yeah, don't expect much out of Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, but everybody else, Samuel Jackson, especially John C. Riley and Kong, you get to see a monster. Probably only a little bit more screen time than you get Godzilla in this, but you'll actually get to see him, which is nice. And we get John Goodman, I'm seeing here. We also get Black Jack oh, Bauer. Yeah. Uh, Corey yeah. Hawkins is hey, in this movie. So. And you get lots of monsters. Okay. Well, uh, no, again, I, I, I have no ex- expectations as I choke on myself. Um, excuse me. I, I have seen the original King Kong many, many years ago, um, and I always enjoyed it even though i don't really like movies pre-1980 but sure it was good um but anyway uh so that's next week um as we continue kong v godzilla month with a lot more godzilla than kong i feel but hey cool we'll get to i'm looking forward to japanese kong versus godzilla and i'm hoping we get to see dancing godzilla whatever it is um thanks for tuning in this has been fun this is episode 998 people Ooh, <gasps> next week 999 so uh, we will be getting to episode 1000 in very very short time so get excited for that my name is Ben and what's <laughs> up uh, okay because I was going to say my name is Colin and sup thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.